Do the trashy pulp novels of the world have anything to offer? Our bestseller is all they're cracked up to be. Here at Terrible Book Club, we explore whether you really can judge a book by its cover or its ridiculous synopsis. You ever passed a book and thought, ugh, who's reading this? We probably are. Episode 63 of the Terrible Book Club. I'm Paris, and this is Chris. Hello. This time, we read Maradonia and the Gold of Ophir by Gloria Tesh, book three in the Maradonia saga. Question this, mark. Yes, debate. question mark. Uh, Gloria Tesh, book three, both have question <laughs> marks. Um, also saga? The saga, yeah. Um, otherwise, like, I think the words gold of Ophir and by <laughs> yeah. also in and the, totally fine, but the rest of it, I, I, can mean, I don't know. Definitely, I can definitely say that there was gold of Ophir in this book. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, this time, it's a patron's choice episode. We are continuing our month of Maradonia with book three in the series, uh, Maradonia and the Gold of Ophir. This was selected by our patron, Dari, as her choice for 2019. If you, too, would like to force us to read a book, you can become a patron at the $5 or $10 a month tiers on our Patreon. If this is the first time you've listened to the Terrible Book Club, just so you know, what we do is we read books that we assume will be bad. And this is based on maybe their cover their title, summary, or a combination of all three. We read books that we would never read under normal circumstances, and usually this experiment results in a hilariously disappointing read, uh, although once in a while we do end up liking the book, and, you know, we, it's actually us who are the assholes, and we shouldn't be judgmental, but most of the time we're right, like today. Like today. Oh, yeah. Uh, extremely correct in, in nominating this one for the show. I guess Dari was the right one in correct. this case. Yeah. What a choice, Dari. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, so, I don't know. It's not, I feel like today we don't have that many content warnings. So, um, if you've never listened to the show before, there's a lot of barnyard language. Chris and I speak very casually. So, there's a lot of swearing and jokes with some raunchy content. Uh, but We're in from terms Boston, of, it slips out. <laughs> yeah. In terms of book content, we've got mild body horror, blood, death, dismemberment, suggestions of incest and kidnapping. Uh, can, uh, can I say that suggestions of incest sounds like the worst scented candle you could buy? <laughs> I it's actually always thought, on sale. I thought you were going to say the worst pop punk band name or like 2007 <laughs> no. metalcore band name ever. Sugge no, we're suggestions of incest. <laughs> that's, that's a slam death band, if anything. Oh, God. Oh, okay. So, I'm yeah, sorry. strap in, everybody. Yeah, that's the. Um, so, like, the book the book itself is actually fairly PG in its description, so nothing is, like, too ridiculous, but I feel like we're probably going to get a little crazy on this one, because that's the only way you can survive reading a book like this. <laughs> uh, so... This is the longest episode document of notes that we've ever had. <laughs> yep, in... How long have we been doing this? Almost five years? Yeah, close. It'll be five years, the end of... No, is it... No, no, no. Four, so four and a half years we've been doing this. And, um, yeah, so normally... We have 
two pages of notes. Uh, if you include like the opening and closing, it, it can be two to three pages of you know a word document with like eleven font, uh, single spaced. <laughs> Today we have seven pages <laughs> of notes. <laughs> So, like, this might actually have to get split into two. Uh, so, you know, if this ends up being a two-parter, then great. You get more content from get, us. Get yourself a long meal and <laughs> a, a big drink and just lie back into your couch and settle in yeah, for hope, half of your day. Yeah, I was going to say, I hope you have a whole day of errands to run. Maybe a lot of menial things to do at work where you can just listen to this for, like, four hours. Or, or yeah, as Chris suggested, maybe you just want to recline in the in the lovely sun of the summer and just be taken away on a voyage to Maradonia. Come away with us. Away. The land of Maradonia. Uh, so alright, this is this is the summary for Maradonia and the Gold of Ophir. <clears throat> the Maradonia saga is storytelling at its best. Ha a stunning tour de force with a full complement of fast action, gritty realism, powerful characters, brimming treachery, bravery, <laughs> knowledge, mystery, My and magic. My cup is full of treachery. Please help. <laughs> Overflowing. A girl called Maya and a boy called Joey, hunted by the powers of darkness, realize with the arrival of airships on the sky of Oceanside that they are not safe anymore in their old world because they had seized the most precious article of the Empire of Evil, the key to the underworld. A messenger from the land of Maradonia delivers an urgent message Maya and Joey knew. They must return to Maradonia, the world between worlds. But can they discover the center of rebellion? Can they find the three shiploads with the gold of Ophir? Can they disappear from the cruel hand of King Apollyon, the ruler of the underworld, and escape from the cataract of evil? <laughs> the author of the Maradonia saga, Gloria Tesh, holds the title of the world's youngest published novelist with Maradonia and the Seven Bridges and makes her mark again with her second Maradonia treasure, Maradonia and the Gold of Ophir. Gloria Tesh is a growing voice in high fantasy literature. With two 800-page novels to her credit, this master storyteller has the brightness of vision necessary to create sweeping epics and the storyteller's gift that makes readers love her. Now you might be wondering, hey, I thought you guys said this was book three. What's up with this two-book thing? And we sort of went over a little bit of this last episode where we explained how the book was originally split into two separate ebooks, but now... There was one printed edition that we were using to get the back half of book one slash the actual book two. I believe in the cover of the printed copy we have of Gold over, over here, it's listed as the second book complete with an autograph from Gloria. Uh, yeah, I, I think you actually said that a little backwards. So it was originally printed physically as the first two books were physically printed. At, it was just one book. And then later, I think as a cash grab, they decided, oh, we'll split it into two. So the first, like, 400 or so pages was book one, and then the second 400 or so pages was book two. But oh, they they didn't decide to do that until, like, way later. So oh, okay. That's why... That's why, yeah, yeah that's why yeah. on the back of this it's still claiming to be two. Yeah. Um, and you might also be wondering, hmm, interesting that this is the world's youngest novelist, and I've never heard of her. Well, that's because she's not the world's youngest published novelist and never has been. Um, this can, like, like we said in past episodes... Um, you can just quickly Google this and discover that there were many other children who published books who were much younger than Gloria. I think she was like 11 or 12 or something when they published the first book. And um, anyway, it's just it's just a, a lie that the family has peddled. Um, and of course, this is a self-published work. Um, so, you know, all the trappings of that usual nonsense. And if you want to know more about 
uh, Maradonia and you want to hear our um, our takes on the first two books, you have episode 11, way back when, when we read mm-hmm. the first book. And then um, uh, episode 62, we read the second book. Now, in episode 63, we're on the third book. And, you know, Chris, I'm almost positive we're going to have to read the other two books over the course of the next two years. Yeah, maybe yeah. July will be this hellish month of the summer where it's hot and the the feverish heat brings us out to this this weird land where absolutely nothing makes sense. Because let me tell you, there's seven pages of notes over here, and looking back at some of them, I kind of forgot some of the context. <laughs> so we might have to hold each other's hand a bit yeah. as we return once again to the land. I read this book like a week and a half ago, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I just finished it today. I read 400 pages of 410 pages of it today. And uh, I mean, it's... oh, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Paris, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's 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 my own fault. Um, but uh, in any case, there are a lot of characters and place names. And we're just going to do our best to just not really go that deep into any of them because there's too, too much stuff guys there's too much there's listen it's an 800 page book and not for nothing there's a lot of different places and random people that pop up in it i'll give gloria that she was really good at naming things and coming up with weird names for people uh, uh so although i would like to say the books are okay these books are technically 800 or 810 pages or whatever but the font is enormous, so it's not. It's so quite... big, I can read it at a comfort, like a normal person's reading distance. And Paris, you know me. How close do I have to read things usually? Um, Chris has to put things directly in front of his glasses, like like the whatever he's reading has to rest against his cheekbones. That's not a joke. That is really how he has to read things because of his vision. Yeah, and this one, I could just, like, have it out, like, at a comfortable arm's length. And it was actually kind of nice, I have to say, in that respect. Hey, I mean, maybe maybe this book was written for you, Chris. Especially since they have to fight against the cataract of evil. They must <laughs> yeah. fight blindness itself. I don't, I don't think that word works how they think the <laughs> no, word works. No, I don't think so either. Um, all right, so before, maybe, maybe just a quick recap if people don't want to fucking listen to, like, four hours of us talking um you know if you don't want to listen to the two previous episodes so we got these two teenagers they get sucked into a magical world um off the coast of florida shrug um and (laughs) the world is called mar or the country is called maradonia i think it's a different dimension right um there's another there's a couple other countries There's something about that in this book (laughs) yeah there's a couple other countries. There's Maradonia. There's Terra Milli, which is like where the Empire of Evil is. There's Tyronia, the land of the dragons, right? Um, it's the Fire Nation. There's a bunch of a bunch of places. Um, and basically, at this point in the books, you know, these teenagers, Maya and Joey, they stumble into this world, and of course, they're you know they're the uh, the prophesied ones, and they come and they they fight the evil guys and they win and they you know inspire everyone to be good and fight back and et cetera, et cetera. Very, they're the encouragers. Yep. Their their quality, their special quality is that they can encourage you really good through the power of something. Uh it's 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 religious. There's definitely like the king of light is God. Um there's a lot of God stuff, a lot of Christianity stuff happening. And also just a smashing of all kinds of different mythologies and 
places and just just thrown carelessly into a cauldron <laughs> just whoop, whatever there um, was there was too many cooks at this cauldron and the yeah. soup is awful yep it's like a combination miso chicken noodle tomato bisque clam chowder <laughs> yeah gazpacho <laughs> <laughs> so it's just kind of this weird melange of shit uh <laughs> so yeah and we're I gonna guess... do our best to sort of dig in and bring out the special nuggets for you because there's i don't listen i don't know how chronologically we're gonna be able to go with a lot of this stuff and if it doesn't make sense hold on for the ride honestly yeah <laughs> I, I... uh so at the at the end of the last book <laughs> it was it was a situation where maya and joe were like Oh no, there's a plot against the king and peop- and somebody has actively tried to kill him and us. Well, guess we gotta go back to Florida. See you later. <laughs> That's how the second they, book Didn't they ends. overhear a conversation? Because they have their invisibility hats. By the way, the invisibility hats still play a huge role in this book. It's just the ticket to how Maya and Joey know about fucking everything because they're always invisible and listening in. Maya and Joey are the fucking deep state, y'all. Cover your webcams. Anyway... <laughs> So they they heard about this. They had they overheard a conversation. They still fucked off back to their hometown to I don't know, just go back to their life where they weren't gods or like super well known and famous and literal prince and princess. Why would you go back, Paris? I well, they I think they said that they went back because they missed their parents and their baby brother, but like I mean, honestly, I'd be all set. I'd be like, whatever. <laughs> I'm good. I'm not going to go back to... I'm literally royalty I'm not going to go here. back to fucking Florida. Like, <laughs> like, no. But... Where you have to go back to school? Yeah. So they, and then, so they go back, and then, uh, you know, of course, because it's another dimension, there's, a, like, similar to the Chronicles of Narnia, there's this thing where they're like, well, when we're in the land of Maradonia, only, like... Like, we could be there for years, and only minutes or days pass in our world or whatever... Um, but then, but then it's supposed to be the reverse where like, if they're in their world, thousands of years or whatever could, or hundreds of years could pass before they go back. But then they just like drop that convention immediately. And so the time sink is all fucked up and we don't know how old anyone is or how long it's been. We have some, I mean, I think when they go back to Maradonia in this book, I think it's only been like two years since they've left. There is a small child that has been born. Two, ki- so, two kids like, have been born. So that yeah, means at least... Yeah, and they're still babies. Yeah, so there's, like, they still, they're still not walking around. Right, right. So I was estimating about two years because, you know, if the queen or whatever... <laughs> if the queen got pregnant on their wedding night when she was still... When they were still there, you know, had a baby nine months later and then was able to get pregnant and have another baby again. If we're talking like fucking... Bam, bam, back to back, kids. Like that's, that's still eighteen months. Yeah, minimum. that's. I'm so I'm estimating two years. That's my best estimate based on the evidence I have from the book. By the way, the, the, can we name the queen's sons right away? Oh, yeah, go I, ahead. The, all right, so I'm the queen of Maradonia. I'm going to name my one son Michael, and my other son is Noden. <laughs> <laughs> Tot, like not Odin. Also, this son killed me in childbirth and then died as well. So I guess he's just a real disappointment all around if you <laughs> called him not this god and he also murdered you yeah. and himself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, going real well over there. Um, <laughs> So they, Maya and Joey only come back because the 
the evil king of the empire of evil or whatever has like sent spaceships into their world and evil witches to like try to find them. Listen, all psychics are in league with <laughs> Satan, Paris. They're also all murdering animals all the time, I guess. All the psychics in the town are in league with the king for Maradonia uh, yeah. somehow. Yeah. So I guess Maradonia isn't like a big secret, like it was sort of made out to be in the first book or whatever. Also, if P King Pluton... He's the son of the king, but he's also a king, by the well, way. Well, there's King Pluton and King Abaddon, who are the the sons of King Apollyon. <laughs> yes, like, listen, everyone just gets the rank around there. As oh, long dude, as they're the throwing family. out ranks left and right in this book. We'll, we'll talk more about that later. <laughs> anyway, if King Pluton could just push a UFO through the dimension door or whatever, what's the fucking issue? Why haven't you already gone into Maya and Joey's world to take over? If, at the minimum, you can, like, perform weird rituals and send your agents to, like unscrew their heads in front of a school principal so he has a heart attack and dies and then that's all they really do so then they stage the, the thing yeah and and so of course the empire of evil is track trying to track them down because in the last book maya and joey stole the the key to the underworld which uh i was i was writing a note about this in the notes and my predictive text wrote uh <laughs> maradonia and the key to the incels <laughs> <laughs> instead of key to the underworld so you finally unlock their basement door downstairs that's the behind the third door down those basement steps in maradonia is all the incels in one place they actually kind of hate each other because they're bad at social interaction uh, yeah can we can we talk about maradonia and the key to the incels and how that's uh, that would be a great book uh i would i would read that um you know, and, and this brings us back to the question we had originally, which is, like, why is there only one entrance and one key to the underworld? Like, shouldn't you, like, leave an extra key under the doormat to your fucking neighbor demon's house? And, like, <laughs> and like if hell... Bring that over to the, the demon key copier guy. That'll take a couple of days. You just gotta come back for it. Actually, this says do not copy on it. Um, uh, uh, I wrote that. It's me. <laughs> it's my key. Listen, I'm the king of the underworld. Shouldn't you have access to me? Oh, oh, wait, whatever. Anyway, he kept it in a fire. Joey stole it. Right. And now he has a magic key to the underworld that's also a weapon of mass destruction. It's also a nuke base. Or, a, yeah, it's like a weird concentrate, like a laser, like a super laser. It's a, it's a laser nuke. And as Chris pointed out in the first book, if hell is just literally downstairs, <laughs> like, just drill through the fucking floor or something. Like, yeah. like it's not <laughs> like I, if it, I don't understand. And also... Why do they even need to go down there? What? They they haven't the, the needed it. The unicorns aren't there anymore. The, the unicorns aren't there anymore, and they didn't need to... They haven't needed it for anything. They still have all their powers. They still have their army and all their fucking ships and other equipment. Like, why the fuck does it matter? I mean, I guess I, guess I understand that it's it a powerful, powerful weapon. It, it but, is powerful. But they weren't... They were more worried about the fact that they couldn't get into the underworld. And I was like, fucking why? Like, <laughs> like, what do you think? Like, are the overseers just going to stop torturing people? Like, oh, man, yes. Wow. We haven't gotten a visit he, from he the forgot boss. This. Listen, if I don't go down there and bug him, he just gets bored and he starts playing Nintendo Switch instead for all eternity. And then all those people in the lake will just be kind of toasty. They're still in lava. I don't know. Do they got to keep pumping lava in there every once in a while? Yeah. I, also... Listen, you also have UFOs that blind people instantly, except if you have a sweater. <laughs> yeah, sweaters uh, protect you from lasers, turns out. Um, this is literally a thing in the book where there's, like, uh, the the alien... And I'm also confused about why the 
the bad guys who up to this point have really just been described as like evil underworld demons like you know hellish demonic presences suddenly they have alien spacecrafts and are and are supposed to also be aliens i i don't know what that was about um but yeah there's a so there's a scene where they've sent the flying saucers into regular florida um i I guess i guess this explains a lot of things about like the florida man headlines um (laughs) So they've sent, they've sent the alien spacecrafts armed with lasers to Florida to try to capture the teenagers, and um, they're shooting them. And Maya's like, "Oh no, Joey! The lasers! Quick, cover your face with your sweater!" And it's like, and Paris, then he covered Paris, his face. Please. The cold light waves oh, is what they. You're right. Excuse I don't know why me. They're cold. The cold light waves. Um. There's like anyway. There's also all this bullshit happens. Um, I'm I'm gonna try to do the rest of this in order. Um, <laughs> so, Good luck. So, listen. They've been doing sacrifices on the beach. Pluton turned all the psychics into pigs for a bit or something. Did that happen? To, yeah, they oh. turned all the psychics were dancing around like a fire that King Pluton was oh, appearing yeah. in. You're right. You're right. And then he turned them all into pigs. And then I don't know what happened to them after that. I think they they just got eaten or something. I don't know. But anyway, so. It's you not know, important. Like it doesn't matter. It's just a weird thing that happened. You have to accept these things when you're reading Marathon. Um, so I'm just going to try to try to walk back a little bit. So, <laughs> uh, so, so all you need to know about the beginning of the book is, yeah, they go back to Florida. Some teenage shit happens that we'll detail in a minute. Then they get attacked by the demon aliens, that, as we just described, and then there's more. But before, you know, before you even crack open the book... You might look at the cover and think, wow, it's a lot of fonts. <laughs> you know, in fact, there's when, a good handful of uh, like uh, when, when Chris, I, my hands can't hold all these fonts. They keep spilling over. <laughs> yeah. When uh, when Chris, uh, Chris had to hand the book off to me because this was one where we we had physical copy instead of, you know, a virtual one. So Chris swung by my work. I grabbed the book from him and I go back up to my office and. Uh, other people on my team, I was like, oh, this is the next terrible book. And my coworker, Shay, looks at the book and he goes, how many are there? Are there six fonts on that book cover? And I was like, <laughs> uh, probably. And we sat there and counted them. And there are, in fact, six fonts between the front and back covers. If you open it, there's actually a map on the inside, you know, one of those glorious fantasy maps. And that has a seventh font. And then the title page has an additional eighth. And then finally, we have a ninth font for the table of contents. So Contractually obligated fantasy not, map at the start of your face. Oh, Listen, oh. like, you, you can't, it doesn't count unless you have the map up front. Oh, I think the best part of the map is that uh, Oceanside, Florida is on the map. And it's also misspelled. <laughs> it's also misspelled severely. Um, it's spelled Okenyasid. O-C-E-N-I-S-I-D-E. What? <laughs> that that's way it's that's missing too an, many letters it's mis- at the back end. Yeah, missing an A. And not enough up front. Yeah, missing an A. It's got an extra I. Um, and yeah, the so the map actually suggests that Oceanside, Florida, is I don't know. Uh, it looks like there's just a mountain range separating Oceanside, Florida, from Maradonia and Terramilli and the rest of this bullshit. So, I think what the map is telling us is that Florida has an extra part. That's oh, been hidden from us. <laughs> and so, like, I'm wondering, is 
is Maradonia just like a Disney extension? Like, is this like some kind yeah. of weird swamp that no one's ever heard of? I mean, because that's what the map makes it look like. There's no that's- dimension rift on the map. It just looks like a- another piece of Florida. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's the part Walt didn't want anyone to know about. Yeah, it was actually the failure. He's like, oh, no one can learn about that first park. <laughs> he had all these theme park ideas. The the head guy took himself way too seriously. Then they got lasers somehow, and he just walled it off. <laughs> yeah, I think that. So that's my theory, is that Maradonia is actually the failed first attempt at Disney World. <laughs> um, the first page of of this book asserts that Maya and Joey are somehow unaware of the dangers they face from... The evil guys, except, like, I'm sure they're pretty well-versed in it since we spent a whole two other books talking about it. And also, they probably don't care that much because they didn't kill the evil king when they had a chance last time. So, like, obviously not that dangerous, I guess. They I don't let know. them walk up to the whole town wall that they were in, the castle wall or whatever, and they just take his son back and revive him. Like, in full view, Apollo didn't even do the resurrection spell, like, later in his, you know, spell dungeon, or where, you know, necromancers have a spell dungeon. I'm right, sure right, that's right. part of the whole lifestyle and whatnot. Yeah, sure. But he, he just did it in front of the city walls, in full view of everyone, and no one thought to, like, hey, let's drop a fucking rock or, like, a barrel of wine on them or something. Right now? Maybe right now. Right. So, so that was the last book. And then this book, it gets more into detail about how, like, uh, Pluton wants to kill Abaddon, his brother, and he has he concocts this plan. And I guess now Abaddon is Prometheus, and he's getting chained to a rock and having his liver eaten day after day, and it keeps growing back. And I was like, why is Abaddon Prometheus? They share no, they share no like lore. I don't understand. Again, this is it's just, just a cool torture thing exactly, that yeah. she heard once. Um, oh, the illustrations in this one get fucking excellent. They're one of the first ones. It's the ch- every chapter has an illustration, uh, and there's a chapter uh, where the illustration is just "We need results," <laughs> and it's this terrible wizard guy. Oh, it's real bad. I think it's supposed to be Pluton. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think it is. Yeah. Oh, that's actually the first chapter. Yeah, it's supposed to be Pluton. He's got he's got some <laughs> structural issues in the face and hand. <laughs> Uh, yeah. It's, Listen, uh, Gloria's mom, not great at drawing human things. Some of the illustrations in this book aren't bad, though, so, when there's not people involved. But, like, isn't it weird how the hand close-ups are really good, but then when she pulls away, like, pulls further back, the hands just look like deformed sausages? Like, I don't yeah. know. There's a drawing of a baby somewhere oh, in this book that is... Oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, there's a... There's... So, oh, that's right. Pluton is conspiring with some titans to kill his brother Abaddon. Um, <laughs> when they first show up to the meeting, though, they just stare at each other for 40 minutes. Yeah. It literally says that it, they just stared at each other for like 20 or 40 minutes before anyone talked. It really says yeah, that. I and promise then, you. And then they have this this weird exchange where they're like, where someone's like, bring it on, Pluton. Yeah, I'm going to bring it. And I was like, the next film in the Bring It On series. <laughs> bring it on, Pluton. <laughs> they just have to dance each other <laughs> until... <laughs> We're going to dance at King Abaddon's posse together and we will come out Victor. And then they're trying to, the book is trying to describe how, I think they're trying, it's trying to describe how um, Pluton or Abaddon or one of the Titans has a kind of an evil gleam in their eyes. You know, like just by looking at their eyes, you can tell how evil they are. And it's described as diabolic sparkles, (laughs) which. (laughs) 
just that's kind of cute honestly that's very it's adorable doesn't convey the right sense uh this book also has has issues with like planetary bodies uh it discusses (laughs) does it yeah yeah so i'm gonna mention one thing and then something way later in the book just because they're related but they're talking about how there's this there's going to be this uh the red moon it's going to be a big deal it's a herald of bad things to come and they're like i don't even remember the red oh, moon happening god so they're like yeah the red moon constellation and i was like the moon isn't a fucking constellation what are you talking about and then later uh oh let me read you <laughs> i gotta read you the list of planets tell me how yeah tell me how many planets there are and what their names <laughs> okay, are please so you know, all right everybody you know the seven planets right venus mercury the sun jupiter yeah. saturn <laughs> mars and the moon <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Those are the planets. Thanks, Gloria. The sun and the moon, very important bodies of. Thanks, Gloria Tesh, for that. Good. Um, Neptune, Uranus, just nowhere to be found. I'm pretty sure. Also, the sun and the moon should not be included. They're not planets. (laughs) Um, Also, Earth. Who needs that? Uh, Yeah, that's that's our special place. It's just the one we're on. Like whatever. Uh, (laughs) So anyway. Maya and Joey go back to go back to the regular world and they go back to school. So the front part of this book, it's like front loaded with dumb high school bullshit. That um, does not matter. No, there's a teacher that's oh, Chris, this is your note. Uh if you wanna if you wanna do this, that's fine. Um, I mean <laughs> Yeah, this is like a scene that's it's, it's a ra- another random thing that happens that's just really dumb. Like every two or three pages, maybe five. There's just some stupid thing that happens that makes you question reality for a second. And one of them is that there's a teacher just outside the school who I guess is just drooling yeah. and standing, like, yeah. right? Like, he's, he, no, there's he's, just some guy that's standing around drooling in the front of the school that's, no, he I was, don't know why he's... No, he was my, he was a substitute teacher, and apparently my, I think the idea was Maya said something so crushing that he could only stand there and drool. <laughs> Oh wait! This is isn't this when Maya has a freak out about being the princess of Maradonia in yes. her class? Yes, that is. True. She's like just sitting in class, and the teacher asked the substitute teacher asked her to do something, and she's like, "No, I won't do that. I'm the princess of Maradonia. I don't have to do nothing that anyone tells me." She like stands up and shouts this, and then everyone laughs at her. Like, right, maybe not rightfully, who knows? But, but like, like, so everybody laughs because they're like, what is she talking about? But then these other girls, instead of just laughing at her, they get like, they get so upset that they try to fucking kill her. They try to murder yeah, her. Yeah, they get her. so upset about they her. They think outburst. she's all like stuck up or whatever. So they corner her and smash her hand apart with their boots. It's like specific to mention their super punk boots. Because punk people are super aggressive and dangerous, you see. Right, right, of course. Um, yeah, there's even, like, the the uh, il- title illustration for one of the chapters is a drawing just of the boot. The big evil boot, the big black boot, you know, <laughs> the girl who wears all the black clothes and she's real evil. Ugh. And they beat, they beat up Maya to the point where she has to be hospitalized. Her hand is irreparably broken, like some of the fingers in her hand, and she's she's really fucked up. And so that doesn't make any sense. That whole cycle just made no sense. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I have a note that says, does Mr. Peanut teach history? And I don't. I completely forget what that's about. I'm sure it was totally <laughs> relevant when we read it. I think that. Maybe it was that drooling guy. Maybe he had like his mono. He just like the peanut in his brain turned off or something like. Whatever. No, I think there's. 
no there there was a teacher named like mr walnut or or something or mr almond or something and i was like oh does mr, mr. chestnut mr. i think chestnut, yeah and i was like oh does mr peanut teach history oh and then there's <laughs> And then there's this there's this big emphasis on like ooh six 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 and three 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 and so they're talking about Maya's uh hospital room is like three 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 and someone makes some pronouncement about like how ooh how special that number is and all I can hear in my head is if you're two 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 I'm three 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 <laughs> Slipknot's coming back like and remaking gospel, that classic tune. Some gospel version of Slipknot. <laughs> oh God. We can't be fully evil. We're just happy. Oh, Slipknot's terrible. Anyway. By the uh, way, during when hot when Maya's in the hospital, her like dad comes around with her little brother, and they're like, "This isn't my Maya. Maya's beautiful," which is a mega fucked up things to say to your daughter well, who just yeah. is like hospitalized. Well, no, no, but it was it was her little brother who was like two years old that supposedly said that. And I was like, I don't I, think nah. a two year old would say that. <laughs> nah, but it's also like super fucked up. Thanks, little bro. Yeah. So, so of course, you know, naturally the family, you know, Joey. This is not my beautiful Maya. This is not my beautiful hospital. <laughs> That's right. That's like that weird meme, right? Um, Talking head song. Oh, I thought it was a weird meme. I'm confused. Also during this, Joey makes the proclamation. <laughs> yeah, Joey. So fi- Joey's yeah. like very vengeful about all. He's very vengeful and upset about this. And when he sees Maya all messed up in the hospital bed, he decides that he's going to put on, in his words... The best illusion show that anyone's ever seen. And this is a threatening gesture. As if he's out there going to be like, they're going to see the best fucking magic they ever saw. And they're going to be so sorry they hurt my sister. (laughs) Yeah, that was really confusing. I mean, I'm assuming that the author was trying to get across the point that he was going to do some sick magic on them or whatever. But that they just, yeah, they phrased it in a way that sounded like he was like, I'm going to do the best fucking card trick they ever saw. <laughs> like, okay, all right. Is this your card? <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is your card. I don't even have to ask. <laughs> I bet you chose the ace of spades, you idiot. <laughs> Maya's in the hospital recovering, and she wakes up, and one of the first things she thinks is, it seems my karate knowledge was not enough defense for this attack. And all I could think of was, ah, yes, the lament of karate practitioners everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it turns out not enough. Nope. You you didn't do the right roundhouse at the right moment, and now... So then there's, there's like, because Maya gets beat up at school, there's, like... Oh, no, actually, because people have seen aliens using lasers uh detectives get involved i don't know why the fbi wasn't involved instead but it's just like the one of the town detectives who also comes to my he's like also on the case for maya getting hurt and he like comes to the classroom and like questions the students a little bit about it doesn't seem like he's doing an effective job or anything but he's like hmm maybe these things are linked this this story gets stranger every day when as far as i know he literally just started investigating this thing yeah so yeah perhaps it just started out weird also i forget why he links maya getting hurt and the whole ufo lasers thing i'm sure it's done uh, i don't know read I the book so. if you want to find out yeah. i suppose don't read this book um i think someone just tells him or he makes a weird connection based on like where they were i don't remember uh so then uh there's a couple of scenes where they reference some things that seemed out of place to me in Florida, but it turns out I'm just an idiot. So, um, there's a scene where they're like talking about the lime trees, you know, shedding their leaves and, 
and how beautiful autumn is. And I was like, Florida doesn't have an autumn. And I was like really mad <laughs> the about it. The changing colors of the palm tree. Because they were talking about... <laughs> They were talking about that, and then they were like talking about pumpkin farms, and I was like, "Fuck you! Florida doesn't have autumn. Florida doesn't have pumpkins." Don't don't take our good New England like, shit yeah, and act exactly. like you have it down. Yeah, there. And I was like, "No, Florida's just a never-ending sweat dream of swamps <laughs> and amusement parks." But no, I'm sorry, Florida. I owe you. Listen, an apology. we have like three amazing weeks a year. Do not <laughs> take, like, not but, appropriate our culture. For uh, yeah, yeah. But it turns out, um. Florida does have a brief autumn. It is from oh. late October through November, apparently. Well, we're the dumb ones. Yeah, here, but and still, also, I feel like, and also, Florida has several pumpkin farms, and I was like, "Wow, my mind blown." <laughs> well, yep, we find new things out every day. Look at that. Point so, to you, Gloria. No, no, <laughs> uh, no. Well, there's several negative points already, so it's just you know one drop in a very very deep bucket. I have a note. That says The Haunting, which was the title of one of the chapters slash drawings. And I wrote, yeah, this fucking drawing is going to haunt my dreams. And I, I don't know what it was. Uh, oh, I don't know. I'm sure you'll probably have to make a little accompanying article post that's just like all of the weird Christ. people drawings in this book some, at some point. Oh, dude, the drawing of the Ouija board is like somebody's clearly never seen a fucking <laughs> Ouija board in their life. It's like square <laughs> and it's got all these weird symbols on it that Ouija boards never have. Typically don't. I won't say never. But typically don't, you know, the conventional Ouija board design has been standardized by whatever the Parker Brothers or Hasbro or whoever owns that. Yeah, because you don't have the real Ouija board shit. That's why. It's true. I'm a false. Um... Anyway, the haunting is Joey. It's Joey who's the ghost here oh, in this oh, chapter. But... <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll explain the Ouija board. But the f image is amazing. So the board itself looks pretty unconventional. Like I said, it's square rather than rectangular. Um, It's got like a circle in the middle and and like weird geometric designs and then there's no planchette the the three girls are just touching the center of the board so like i don't know what <laughs> yeah they're you're supposed expecting. to point to it everyone knows that's how ouija works you just point to the letter you want to spell things. <laughs> i don't know what they're expecting to move because they're just they're just touching the board so that's weird um but yeah so there's uh joey decides he's gonna because you know he finds out who or eventually he finds out who beat up maya because he wore his invisibility cap and right. listened in on their conversation at the exact right moment. Right. Shocker. Yep. And so he decides he's going to exact revenge on these girls who almost killed his sister by destroying a bunch of school property, terrorizing other people, accidentally killing someone else. Right? No, wait, no. I, no, no, no. He didn't. The fairies did. Basically, yes. <laughs> he goes on this weird rampage in the school where he go. you know, he puts his invisibility hat on and just starts like fucking shit up like breaking desks and computers like smashed a if, desk into a wall so hard that its legs stuck into the wall he picked up like a proper huge like teacher desk is how it's described to do this which i guess the tarn cap gives you super strength too uh, i don't know and then um he's like yeah I, I ruined this classroom and terrorized a bunch of people and i guess that shows them and i was like how does how does that punish the girls specifically who hurt Maya like yeah they were in the classroom at the time but you're like couldn't you put your invisibility hat on and then murder those girls privately like why, <laughs> yeah, would, like, you, why would you have I was also expecting that part because like Maya kind of had the I mean not Maya I mean Joey had this 
Dark Awakening a little bit in the last book where he had the key to the underworld. He's like nuking forests and lasering crows to death. So perhaps this is another step in Joey's Darth Vadering or whatever. So I thought it would go. And it kind of is maybe, but that that he just destroys a bunch of school properties to scare them a little bit. And that's his revenge. That's his whole plan. Yeah, which made no sense. So he does that. Um, there, he like makes he's makes fake blood with paint and water, but I don't, I don't know if that would look like blood. Uh, then the then the I forget. How, oh, the the evil fairies that were that were in the some of them were in the first book. Uh, they're like servants of the evil king or whatever. They get sent into this world as kind of like I don't know extra backup for the the alien spaceships or whatever. Because they're yeah, like, oh no! Because sometimes cold light waves just won't solve all your problems. Well, yeah, because they sent thirteen alien spaceships with fucking nuke lasers, but uh, Joey used the key to the underworld to to destroy most of them. They were like, oh shit, we better I don't know, we better send ground troops instead. So they send the <laughs> the fairies in. I mean, one of many like evil girl squads in this book. How many evil girl squads are there in this book, Paris? There's at least oh, four. God, I know. Well, women are evil. Here's Chris. one of them, Candace, and no, not is it, who is who is this one? Saturnalia, Saturnalia, Sa- Saturnia, uh, Saturnia, and I, Cassandra. Cassandra, yeah. Uh, yeah. So they they come in and they're trying to find Maya and Joey, and they like pretend to be school administrators or something. They go up to the principal and they threaten him by unscrewing their heads at him, and then the principal dies, and. Uh, Chris was like, oh, yay, someone finally died of not heart disease. But I was like, no, he only fell and hurt his and busted his head open and died because he was having a heart attack caused by the magic from the other dimension. Because they they just established that in like a sentence in this book where they're like, yeah, magic from the other dimension. It gives you a heart attack and you die. You're like, what? I don't. That doesn't work. Just, for me. It's just to make people die easier. You'd think you wouldn't need all the nuke lasers and what and like the UFOs and shit, but whatever, man. Sure. Um, <laughs> Do you evil empire from another dimension? <laughs> also, there's a portion where the the libertine comes. She's like their helper messenger for Maradona. She's that a, comes in a contact. white dove. Yeah. Anyway, she shows up in Florida, which is where doves are. I'm sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And she starts explaining to Maya and Joey something about the fourth dimension, and you need to open your eyes to the fifth dimension. Because that's, like, where you see really what Maradonia is. And I'm pretty sure that's not how dimensions work, first of all. Also, this is never really brought up again, except for one brief moment where Libertine's like, yeah, open up your fifth dimension eye, Maya and Joey. Yeah, I don't, I, know. I don't know what the fuck the point was. Oh, and and actually, the bird is there because while, you know, while the... Well, Joey's having his poltergeist fit and the fairies are killing the principal and um, all that's going on. Libertine comes and talks to Maya and is like, oh, I see you're in critical condition. No probs. I'm going to run to the other dimension and get you these healing leaves. So she does that. She gets these magical healing leaves and comes back and Maya is totally like, fine. Like, not an issue. Not a big yep. deal at all to, like, go back and forth. The only the only, uh, the only, only thing it doesn't heal are her, finger, her fingers that were mangled. Like, they're not, they're mostly healed, but they're not, like, perfectly functional. But otherwise, she's totally fine. So, I mean, I guess, like... The instant healing leaves just made me feel like, okay, there's just no consequences. And also, if they're in the other dimension, don't the evil people have access to them too? And then the further question is, why didn't they just use these on the queen when she died? Yeah, like, right? I, 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 
I, it doesn't make any sense. Um, Speaking of good birds, there's also uh, evil birds. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a lot more detail on the evil birds from the last time. Y'all uh, remember Big Bertha and her sisters, her couple of remaining sisters? Well, they finally got some names this book. And let me tell you, there's some real doozies because <laughs> Gloria decided to go all out for these names. It's Big Bertha and her sister's BB and Doodoo. No, it's literally no, Chris. It's Bebe and Doodoo. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. That uh, that included, no, it's BB and Doodoo. Paris, there's a bird named Doodoo in this book. BB, the Doodoo bird. Uh, I think it's Bebe and Doodoo. I don't know. No, it's Doodoo the bird. Yeah, and Doodoo the very stupid bird. And just seeing seeing BB and Doodoo in the book, just it. <laughs> I mean, if you weren't... That's how you should pronounce them, too. That's how I said them in my head when I was reading them, because they just are just such a weird thing to choose. It's just a strange decision, like everything in this book. All right, so we get these weird bird asides. You know, we got good birds, we got bad birds, (laughs) then we're back to the story. And by the way, this is just how the fucking book works. We are just going chapter by chapter, notes by notes. Don't don't worry, it's not like we're bouncing around that much. No, we bounce around a little at the beginning, but then I, I rewound us back to the beginning, and we are going in order. Speaking of Paris, your next note here, I have no idea what the context here is. So Chris, you want to read, read the next it, note? It, it just, in all caps, it just says, I have no time. The salsa dance, it takes me away. <laughs> okay, so what, this, what note, this note concerns the... Uh, Not the last mention of salsa in this book, by the way. This note concerns uh, when we're... So, like I said, we got good birds, we got bad birds, and we, ooh, bam, back in Florida. We are back in the high school bullshit. And we get a we get a couple chapters of uh, where we focus on the bullies that attacked Maya, namely uh, the the main bully. I think her name is Alana, right? Is that right? Yes. Yes. Um, so Alana, some for some reason we get this like really deep lore on Alana and her background. <laughs> and there's her like- mom is a single mom. <laughs> seems like she's kind of you know promiscuous with the uh, with herself. Which whatever, live your life. But Alana doesn't like it. She goes on this little tirade when her mom tries to tell her what to do. Uh, yeah, and her mom, there's this, you know, little bit of a chapter that's like, oh, Alana, Alana had a miserable life because her mom never took care of her after her dad left, and, you know, she had to, like, fend for herself, and her mom's always out, and her mom comes home, and she's like, I'm so sorry that I'm, I'm not a good enough mom, the salsa dance, it takes me away, or something I have to go out dancing. So there's this, yeah, so there's this weird part of a chapter where it's like, oh, this poor mom addicted to salsa dancing. Just (laughs) this crippling addiction. (laughs) Uh, And so that was really strange. The rhythm, it it feeds me. Um, yeah. And so Alana's like, oh, fine, mom, go out and dance again. I'm gonna do occult shit with my friends tonight. We're gonna do some Ouija board stuff. You can't stop me. Yeah, and and I and by the way, they decide uh, Alana and the rest of the bullies decide to mess with the Ouija board because of the uh, attack that Joey perpetrated at school because he was invisible while it happened. So everyone thought it was a ghost. Um, so they're like, yeah, why don't we get back up in that ghost shit? Yeah, they're like, that we ghost need to, that hates me. Yeah, they're like, we need to figure out what's going on. Why? Why is a ghost protecting Maya? Because that's what they think. They think this ghost. It's a ghost protecting her <laughs> and um these girls are having a weekday sleepover to play with the ouija board you know this fucking weekday sleepover for high schoolers starts at 10 p.m i was like these girls go hard <laughs> oh <laughs> like, yeah late night occult <laughs> stuff mom's not home she's out dancing the night away we can do whatever we want let's summon the fucking devil <laughs> yeah so oh uh, yeah so they mess with the Ouija board, and 
Wait, no, Paris, they stare at it for 40 minutes while it does nothing. They, it says 40 minutes here. Why are people waiting so long before they do anything in this book? I don't know. Uh, but then eventually, um, I, I don't even know how it happens, but the, the evil fairies show up. They're invisible because I guess you don't have to have a tarn cap to be invisible. So what's the problem? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. So the, for some reason, the fairies show up and they're, and they're like, or Chris, you can read this note. This is yours. Um... <laughs> The one where she's like, they try to tell Alana that she's connected to the ghosts somehow, but because she's connected to the ghosts, they're going to destroy Alana's house, um, hurt her mother and her friends to scare her because you're one of us, Alana. You're doing this occult witch stuff, but fuck you and your house and your friends and your mom who hasn't left for the salsa dancing, I guess, at this point. So this scares Alana so much that she runs out into the street screaming about, like, oh, it's the end for me. It's over. I've I've done it now. And then she gets hit by a car and dies. Yep. Uh, and I found there's a section where it explains that the uh, Suturnia and Cassandra, the fairies, show up when they're messing with the Ouija board uh, because they're messing with the Ouija board. Uh, it just says, through your Ouija board, we have finally found you. So it can just not detect really that. an explanation, but yeah, uh, Alana just runs into the road and gets hit by a car and dies. So set all this lore and set up for, oh, Alana's had this hard life. You shouldn't judge her right away, but also she deserved to die because of the, what she did with the Ouija board and to what she did to Maya. So fuck you, person with a tough life. Yeah, I, you have a note, Chris, you have a note about a fortress being made of psychic pigs. Could you please explain that note? Listen, so this is about the point where I guess this, like, ritual that Pluton had set up at the beach is still going on, and it refers to there being a fortress at the beach, but just this one time in the book, later on they break, come back to the beach because the cops are checking it out, but there's no fortress or anything there. I think it's like a a psychic fortress or something oh, that's just their illusory style or whatever. Sense. Okay. But also sometimes, for some reason, remember the the psychics of the town that are in league with King Apollyon, they got turned into pigs during their ritual dance or whatever. Oh, yeah. And that made the fortress is how it's, it literally describes their flesh as being used to make the fortress. What I, I don't know. Pa- pa- I don't know why, Paris, because it doesn't I mean, really I'm matter. It doesn't ever come up again. The place in the book about oh no, uh, no, we, I think I have, think I got it. Um, we have so much more to go, Paris. Oh, I know this is terrible. Uh, yeah, we're about is... an hour in where we got through maybe two uh, one and a half pages of a seven oh, page. No, okay, all right. Um, wow. Okay, I guess I'm just gonna boop out a bunch of those notes. All right. Um. Yeah. yeah. By the way, then, whenever anyone's invisible in this book, it's always referred to as their invisible situation or my invisible status. Just say you're fucking when I'm invisible. Why is it your status or situation all the time? It's very annoying. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the way things are written in this book are just totally nonsensical and weird. Um, then that's right. Then Maya and Joey are like, "All right, we have to go back to Maradonia." So they leave Florida again. Uh, and when they're going through the cave, they get attacked by bats. Uh, there's this weird part about. Barbette from the Humane Society. I don't remember. What <laughs> Listen, she comes up and then she's gone, just like a dust in the wind. We uh, have to. <laughs> I think it had to do with the bats because Joey was like, "Kill nuke the bats," and Maya was like, "No, they're precious 
animals and and then she's like yeah you know barbette at the yeah, humane society taught us she really how to cares about life. life right now she cares about life in the first hundred pages of this book but let me tell you <laughs> my theory is that barbette uh, is a real person who worked at the real humane society near them in real florida where they're from and paid for a shout out that's my theory um so they they for some reason when they go back into Maradonia, they decide to wait to put their invisibility hats on, which doesn't make any sense. It's like if if you know the evil dudes are hot on your trail, why would you not just stay invisible all the time? Wouldn't it make it anyway, harder for them to find you? Yeah, they're headed to the frog oracle swamp any in any case. Yeah. So Uh and the frog the King Oraculus, the frog oracle oraculus the oracle also a king see how see how i did that i put the word in the name of the thing that it is yeah it's fucking brilliant anyway he's dying (laughs) and his last words are just good work daughter keep it up (laughs) very encouraging dad i have to give it to him man he's like trying his he's like listen i'm about to die because i think it was because uh the evil people showed up there's no explanation he just dies no, like, it's like the evil people showed up, right, to scare him into dying, right? It wasn't it Saturnia Cassandra coming back to be like, "Oh, Oraculus, we're coming to get you," and he's like, "Oh, I guess I gotta die now." Yeah, but like My- they don't do anything to murder no, him. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> okay. He just decides that they. Oh wait, they showed up. Uh, now it's time. Uh. But, then, but then after he dies. I don't know. Joey and Maya are like, I don't know. Maybe we should use uh, the key to the underworld, which they also call the destroyer. Confusingly enough, they're like, maybe we defender. should. They call it defender. Oh, defender. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> the defender. They're like, oh, maybe we should use it to fight the the uh, the fairies. And I was like, and they decide not to. And I was just like, yeah, fucking good job. Honestly, because the last time Joey used it, he burned down a whole fucking forest. <laughs> Destroyed the livelihoods of thousands. <laughs> And, uh, you don't want to do that to the oracle frogs, especially the the young daughter that you're deciding to like let tag along with you for a minute or whatever. Yeah, they to the rescue... other oracle frog forest. Yeah. To the other oracle frog forest. <laughs> There's a reference to cruel journeyman frogs, and I don't even know what that was about. Just gonna. Yep, I said it. We're done. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Chris, do you want to talk about the shipping? Okay, so after, yeah, let's just keep this clipping at a healthy rate. They leave the Oracle Frog Forest with the the princess or whatever. Uh, what was her name? Like, Orien. It was, like, also started with OR I and was, like, a reference to being an oracle and had an N or an Etz at the end. Anyway, she tags along with them for a little bit of... Re- and they start talking about the gold of Ophir or whatever because Oraculus and his daughter saw all the gold of Ophir ships... Maya and Joey have this big mystery to solve and the plot against King Genarius to get in the middle of and and solve. And so Gloria decides this is the best part to go for like two pages, which is a lot for this book, uh, about exact shipping routes and where things come from and go to where at various shipping points throughout the world or part of Florida, I guess, that Maradonia inhabits. It's very deep. It's it's very, very exhaustive. And this is like the one time this happens in this book. I felt like I just picked up a set of armor in Maradonia souls <laughs> with some like weird lore just like listed in there. Holy shit. Can someone please make a Maradonia based Dark Souls mod for us? Oh my God. Someone do please, this. Just replace I, all the text. Replace all the text with like the aphorisms that oh. randomly pop up in this book. Okay. I might, I might pay some money for this. Like... 
if you can do this, if you can make this mod happen, we this might be where our patron money goes. We need a Maradonia Dark Souls mod. Please. Please. The only five people in the world will get it. Anyway. Um, so they they go back uh, and Oraculus... I think, is it Oraculus? Is it the frog who's like... Yo, you gotta fight. You gotta figure out what's wrong with this this gold that's missing. Or no, because yeah. they knew about that before they left last time, right? But he he reminds them. He they come back and Oraculus is the one that gives them the quests of hey, there's a plot against the king. I can see the future. Oh no! I think he says oh no like four times in a <laughs> row during his vision prophecy at it one does. point. Oh no! I saw that. Oh no! I saw that. That's my Oraculus voice, by the way. <laughs> yep. And he tells them about the ships. They gotta go find the ships as well because it was a lot of fucking gold. Yeah, we talked about this the last time. So they've been gone. I mean, so Maya and Joey have only been gone a couple weeks, but a couple of years have passed in Maradonia. But like, so so wait, no one's done anything about a plot against the crown or billions of missing dollars for like two years? <laughs> they like, just let that trail what? go cold. They're like, well, Maya and Joey aren't here and we don't have any other inspectors, except they do later in yeah, the book. Yeah. And I guess they just sat on their ass with a thumb up their ass about it. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah, so that is confusing. Uh that alone is confusing. Do your own fucking work, King Genarius. Um, and then they're then they're they're talking about meeting up with the mermaids again. And they're like, Oh, the mermaids are such friendly and happy creatures. And I was like, Yeah, didn't we end the last book with you telling us how the mermaids are just murderous beasts who destroy any ship and the entire crew that dares to go into their waters? Hope you remember us after two Maradonia years or whatever, guys. Yeah, right. Uh, then they get on a boat and they sail. They're in a storm for two weeks. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, listen, they don't. They're in a storm for two weeks and it claims I, they didn't eat that whole time, Paris. They would be fucking dead. Nah, you can. As long as you have water, you can survive without food for that long. It would be a rough go. Though. It would be a rough go. Um, and I, I honestly don't know if you can be at sea inside of a storm for two weeks i've definitely heard of people being inside of a storm from you know a, like more than a day but two weeks seems like a long time that's a long storm guys that's yeah. a big long storm uh and the storm was called the Basio cyclone ah. um then they're saying that they're measuring depth with sonar and that was confusing to me because i thought sonar just helped you like find other objects or creatures in the water i mean i guess it, it's still yeah, bouncing. yeah i guess it's still bouncing so that's fine that's just me being dumb uh <laughs> i have a note that says do ocean gods crave wheat because when they're deciding to give uh, an offering to the ocean gods because they survived the storm they throw it a bunch of wheat <laughs> like Cool. Yeah, the ocean gods down there is just like, I just need more bread. I just can't get enough flour down here to make a good loaf of bread. Can you guys, listen, I will stop the storm. I will let you survive if you just promise to throw down some flour, some wheat I can mill or something. Because I just haven't had a good toast actually, in forever. Actually, that makes sense. because like You know what a nightmare it is to like plug a toaster in under the ocean? Let me tell you, <laughs> all my kids are dead. You know, I try to cook the loaves over the, over the heat vents, you know. Uh, the underwater. It's not the same. Yeah. It's a steamed piece of bread. You ever have a soggy, wet, pe a hot piece of bread? <laughs> oh, and sometimes, you know, I end up eating the tube worm instead of the instead of the bread. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I think it makes sense because if yeah, if you're an ocean god, you you can't grow. You don't have wheat, so yeah, maybe maybe ocean gods do crave wheat. I don't know. Uh, then <laughs> they. Uh, that's right. After the storm, they 
wreck the boat on an island. But, you know, luckily those those people that live on that island happen to speak the same language. They're very helpful. Someone gets bitten by a snake. Uh, <laughs> Joey decides the best way to help a snake bite is by stabbing into no, it. No, 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 no. That's not what happens. Maya run. Someone's like, oh, we don't know how to deal with the snake bite. This guy's probably dead, but I don't know. There's this healing woman who lives, you know, over there. So Maya, like, runs a town over to see this wise woman healer. The healer gives her a prophecy and also is like, hey, pour this stuff into the snake bite. But you got to, like, wrench open the snake bite to really get it in there, really soak it in. So that's what (laughs) happens. She comes back. And by the way, the guy that is bitten by a snake is Danny. Just Danny. Uh, Danny the ship guy Danny who gets the, bitten by Danny a snake. Danny the dude. Uh, and so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maya's like, you won't feel a thing. It's fine. And then she just shoves the knife into the snake she bite. She literally and tells this guy he won't feel a thing and does not deliver any anesthetic and just <laughs> no. proceeds to shove the... You won't feel nothing. Don't worry <laughs> about it. So they wrench the snake bite open with a knife and pour <laughs> this in. And then uh, the guy also has to drink the rest of the medicine. I don't know why you have to administer it two ways, but whatever. Um, uh, there's just a casual mention that Maradonia doesn't have any moons, which was confusing to me. Real dark nights all the time. I'm pretty sure they have tides, so I don't know. That's uh, different because you see, well, the, the moon being a planet, oh my Paris, gosh. that doesn't happen in this dimension. Right. So tides just are a function of um, the ocean god. When you give him enough wheat, he'll pull <laughs> the ocean back so you have more room. <laughs> I think you know, Chris, I'm starting to believe more and more in my theory that Maradonia is in another dimension. It's just another part of Florida. So we have <laughs> all these people. Extra weird part of who Florida. Who have been rejected. All the Florida men <laughs> and Florida women from the headlines have, have fled to this part of the state. Uh, you know, you have to go into that cave at the Pebble Beach. You pop out the other side, and that's what this is. It's just where everyone who's been rejected from Florida goes. And if you've been rejected from Florida, oh man, yeah. So that's why we makes sense to me. So I think I think what's really happening is Maya and Joey are maybe I don't know maybe taking some bath salts and then going yep. through this cave and like they're just imagining all of this stuff. It's just this weird other part of Florida where things are real fucked up and they're on drugs. And that's why they think everything is magical. Um, King of Polyon is just some like old Florida guy with his shirt off ranting about how he rules everyone around here. Uh, yeah. So then uh, literally out of nowhere, uh, like the king of dragons, the, the king of the dragons shows up. And, uh, you know, when I'm when I'm naming I'm naming some important characters in my book. It, you know, in the tradition of BB and Doodoo, I want to really yeah. make sure the name is good <laughs> and definitely evokes uh, a sense of awe a, and a importance. Draconic majesty. Yeah, draconic like, majesty. So, you know, I named I named him Emoji. <laughs> no, Paris, Moogie, even stupider. <laughs> the name is Emoji, but I read it as Emoji the whole time. So Emoji the dragon is like the king of the dragons or whatever. Uh, He's a big white dragon. He's such a big old yep. white dragon. And then you 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 figure out like you find out later that he was actually a person at one point and got turned into a dragon, but that was like thousands was of the, years ago. He was the king of Tyronia at one point, and then he was such a good dragon king of the dragon land that the dragons were like, "Hey, why don't you also be a dragon with us? Touch this crystal or something." He touched something, and he became a dragon, and that's how he's been for like hundreds of years. Yeah, or th- I think it's thousands, but yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, then they, so they go. So literally, what happens is Maya and Joey are talking to somebody, and they're like, "Huh, look at those big things flying around." Oh, I hope those sure hope those dragons have news for us and come and talk to us. And then emoji comes down and is like, "Hey, you want to come to Tyronia?" And they're like, I don't know. And he's like, no, you want to come to Tyronia. And he pulls out a gun and he's like, get on my back. <laughs> <laughs> he, he basically does that. Yeah. He, basically... he guilts them into coming with him to Tyronia, even though Maya and Joey are like, I don't know. We got like enough mysteries and problems here in Maradonia. We're, like... we're currently in this land of Arcadia that we took a ship to to figure out about the rebellion and the gold of Ophir. Listen, we came to the house with Salsa all the way here in Arcadia. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they... <laughs> So yeah, you you're like, all right, all right, cool. They're going, they're continuing their journey. All right, they got out of the storm. They saved that guy. Cool. Turn the page. Uh, this chapter, chapter twenty seven, is called Villa Consalsa. <laughs> That's the name of the town hall in Arcadia where they are. And, Literally, the house was salsa. And I mean, but like, I want to live like maybe in the house next door, Villa Conqueso. Like, can I can oh, yeah, I get yeah. a, an apartment like a condo? Ooh, condo Conqueso. Mo- you know, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> A little more calories, but definitely more delicious. Oh, worth whole. every calorie, worth every one. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're there, and anyway, emoji takes them away. Uh, no, she takes Joey away. Maya is still staying in Arcadia. Oh, it's- Joey's the one that gets uh, taken away. Right. That's the deal that emoji right, makes so that right, right, right. Maya can handle business here with uh, Colonel Felipe. The, the leader of Arcadia and his right-hand man, Mr. Snowblitz. Yeah, so I guess so we'll forget about Joey and Emoji the Dragon right now. We'll return to them. For now, we have um, more info about the conspiracy involving uh, both the Gold of Ophir and the murder of the king and the, the conspiracy against the crown. It's all tied together. Um, yeah, so Mr. Snowblitz is like this shitty guy who is supposed to be a good guy but gets co-opted by the bad guys and they decide that he needs a code name so no one will know that nobody he's can find out that it's mr listen shh, don't tell anyone what mr snowblitz is doing every time you, talk, you come talk to us you can't be mr snowblitz you have to be something else okay so what okay what code name do we give him paris well i mean obviously Mr. Snowblitz, no one would ever know that Snowbird is Mr. Snowblitz. You see, there's, there's three. No way. There's three letters there's that absolute, are different. There's three letters. There's that absolutely are different. no way that they would make the connection that Snowbird could be Mr. Snowblitz. No, no, no. Those three letters that are different. No. And listen, we have to like really emphasize. Honestly, like they try to like stamp this into Mr. Snowblitz when the t- it's Saturnia and Cassandra again, right? They they came back through the thing and they're yeah. doing this conspiracy stuff. And they're talking to Mr. Snowblitz about how you can't let it, we can't let anyone know that you're in on this stuff. Okay, you're Mr. Snowblitz. And honestly, the whole scene reads like that one scene from The Simpsons where Homer is in witness protection. And they're desperately trying to get him to figure out that he is Mr. Johnson. And when someone addresses him as Mr. Johnson, he needs to respond to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, actually, I think he's talking to you. I, sh- I think I wasn't sure if it was Saturnia and Cassandra or if it was... Um... Uh, Candace and Ginger. Uh, That's true. The you know shitty what? It might human be the, women. The uh, other evil girl squad. Right. The other evil girl duo. That. Yeah. What does Gloria have against girls in groups? She hates them. Women in groups, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, so there's just like all this like pseudo intrigue. Uh, 
and they're I don't know and then the Coleman is like an interrogator I don't even know what happens to him in the end I don't even remember him existing later in the book he would he was just the inspector on the case. Mr. Snowblitz is like the district secretary or something that's dealing with the evil plotters that are conspiring against. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I'm seeing... King Genarius. I had to scroll down in our document and I started seeing some random notes down below and I'm like, I don't even know what that was about. All right, yeah. So uh... we're going to continue here. Because Mr. Coleman, Inspector Coleman or whatever, is treated like he's this master interrogator when he's literally just coming up to people and being like, did you do it? That's this <laughs> yeah. master interrogator. is like, did you, were you the one that stole the gold of Ophir? Are you the one that sunk the ships? Are you the one? Yeah. So and they're like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm straight, dude. And Coleman's like, all right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, I, and I also like, don't, I mean, again, like, again, how has this guy been on this case for like two years and hasn't figured anything out? He's like just now barely starting to piece things together. And then he gets it wrong and thinks that like Maya is bad or something. I I don't know. Um, and then they're like, yeah, we're going to poison them. And I was like, guys, you tried to poison them two years ago and that didn't work. Why are, why are you going to try to poison them again? It didn't work before. Well, this time they won't be in their tarn caps to listen in on the plan, except Maya was this time yeah. again. Yeah. So, yeah. So, of course, Maya, again, what? Maya and Joey know about all this evil shit because they're just always wearing their invisibility hats and they just happen to know where to be all the time. Um. Oh, yeah. There, there's some kid with, like, shadow people disease. I don't know. Um, listen, there's an old... There's a, there's a girl that lives in a lighthouse and she's having night terrors or sleep paralysis where she, she she sees shadow people or something and the shadow king is coming for her and maya has to go run and get another magical healing item by the way a couple chapters ago we kind of glossed over this maya and joey go to some guy, old guy that's dying of the shits he literally has dysentery and they just say they literally just say hey believe hard enough and reality will be what you want it to be over him and this heals him but every other time they need to heal someone in this book or someone needs a healer, they don't just say the magic healing words again. Yeah, I don't understand. It's very inconsistent. Everything in this, everything in these books is very inconsistent. And that's one of the things that's probably most notable in terms of inconsistency. Um, so old man at the end of your life of dying of the shits, you get to live a little bit longer. Little girl with her life ahead of her that's having terrifying night terrors and sleep paralysis. The Shadow King's coming for her. By the way, I don't know who the Shadow King is. He's just another king. Oh, he's possibly he's he's uh he's death personified. I think he's oh, like the okay, ruler of the sure. underworld. Even though I thought, I thought King Apollyon was the king. Of the Nope, just more, just more people. Just oh, and don't just wait. There's don't, more bad guys later in the book. Yeah, but don't worry. The Shadow King never comes up again. So, <laughs> moving on. Uh, oh, I have a note about an illustration. I have some illustration notes. Uh, poor Bob Ross. Why are they drinking beer out of wicker basket mugs? Um, because there is. Oh, is this the the scene that takes place in the bar where all the sailors hang out? Yeah, in the Spelunka. In the- a fucking weird name uh yeah there's an amazing illustration where it looks like a really fucked up melting bob ross and this other dude like drinking they're supposed to be drinking beer out of presumably glass mugs but they look like wicker baskets like i don't know the choices (laughs) are just strange all this beer just keeps falling through my basket i have to keep ordering more that's how they get you that's how they get you um and there's there's this so there uh who is this this is like 
It's two um, criminals conspiring in the bar. Oh, together, right, right. So there's two criminals conspiring, and of course, Maya and Joey are listening in. And somehow, in the course of pages, from page 284 to 285, I had like four weird... There were four weird things in the text. There's something that's like, oh, that's just another fishtail story. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, those I, old fishtail stories you keep telling. Yeah, as, as if to say, like, one of those, uh, you know like exaggerated story or lies or whatever but uh, fishtail story uh and then they're just talking about the garbage beach <laughs> <laughs> yeah um which i of course in my mind read as garbage beach no! <laughs> yeah listen uh, if you don't know what that is go to youtube type in garbage day and click on the 15 second video yep thank me later <laughs> um and then there's a there's another line where it says that they can't Maya and Joey couldn't, or someone couldn't recognize someone else because of the overpowering smell of rum. And yeah, I was they, like, they what couldn't is... couldn't tell. Like, are you a dog? Like, can you not recognize someone with your eye? I mean, it was saying... <laughs> the line was like, oh, it w- we couldn't recognize them because it was smoky and because of the overpowering smell of rum. And I was like, okay, I get why smoke might cloud your vision, but... Why is your sense of smell being affected, preventing you from recognizing people with your fucking eyes? Like, what the <laughs> hell? And then they're talking about ordering long drinks. Ah, they ordered more long drinks, and I just didn't understand. Like, I got we got the longest drinks around, Paris. <laughs> so I had a period of several sentences where I just could not fucking get a grip on what the hell was going on. <laughs> it was really bad. And then, uh, so these these like some of the evil dudes are talking a little while later, and they're like oh, yeah, Maya and Joey are secretly invisible and they listen to our conversations. And I'm like, how the fuck would they know that? There's there's literally, they, there's no... They just guess, Paris. They just guess that, like, hey, they're probably listening in on our conversations and then do nothing to stop this from happening, ever. But they specifically say, not only are they listening, they specifically say, Maya and Joey are secretly invisible and listening to our conversations. And I'm like... What the fuck? They, they don't... There's no explanation in the text... As to how anyone would have figured that out. It's just all of a sudden part of the story makes no sense. Oh, there's another illustration note that says, why did we think it was a good idea to wrestle in this pit of marshmallow fluff? <laughs> what is that even about? <laughs> it's supposed to be a picture of two people drowning, but it just looks like two people <laughs> stuck in a vat of marshmallow fluff. It's because- too sweet. I can't handle it. It's not even Nutella, the good kind of spread. Yeah, yeah, marshmallow fluff is terrible. Get out of here with that. But yeah, Nutella the, or die. the water is so poorly drawn, it looks like sticky fluff, and it's weird. Oh, oh, and then there there was a surprise detail specifically for me in this book, which oh, was yes. hilarious. <laughs> Please. Um, so as I mentioned at the start of this, much of the much of these books, the whole Maradonia thing is like just a bunch of shit getting smashed together. So biblical stuff, Greek mythology, um, Norse stuff, just like weird old fairy tales from Germany, just uh, just smashing it together without any yeah, reason. Anything we can get in here. Yeah, just, anything we just, can get in just there. Just throwing it and stirring. And um, so I'm I'm uh, my hometown is New Bedford, Massachusetts, and uh, it was once the richest city in the world due to whaling. Um, you know, I when I grew up there, it was just a pit of despair and misery uh it's not a great place sorry anyone who lives there now or who thinks new bedford is great i personally had a bad time there not a fan i know that people are trying to revitalize it but anyway um so new bedford and whaling are inextricably tied together and 
randomly all of a sudden there is just a line in here about the whaling ship the new bedfort with, <laughs> with captain william morgan the whale and walrus hunter and i was like yeah real <laughs> so he changed one letter and turned the town the city name into the ship name and kind of because like the morgans were a prominent family at the time when you know the height of whaling what was ever late in 19 or yeah 19th century yeah yep. um and he just kind of cobbled together a name yeah like a lot of this feels like everything has been poorly google translated like the <laughs> language the myths just all of it filtered through a weird translator that doesn't really understand context like that's kind of uh, yeah um oh yeah my next note is just please please stop telling me about the location positioning and existence of maya and joey's backpacks Please. All, at all times, you must know Please. exactly they're on their shoulders, they're on the floor, they're left behind somewhere. Oh my god, there's so many details about the location positioning and the fact that the backpacks exist. Um. Oh yeah, and then so just, as the story progresses, you know, all the conspirators are just getting fucked up, trying to do trying to do evil shit and failing. Um. Candace and Ginger decide they're gonna just take on this guy named Captain Henry who is Maya's love interest randomly. Yeah, turn, she's kind of crush on Maya a little yeah. bit. And his age is not made clear nope. and it's very, very alarming. Uh, Well, in the last book there was one sentence where they were like, Maya blushed when Captain Henry looked at her and I was like, uh-oh, this is going to be in the next book. And there is a little bit of it in here where they're really trying to like make some romantic relationships happen for the characters. Joey, I'm sure you'll remember, in the last book had like uh, a much deeper story about Morgana the mermaid who is in love with him. And even though everyone else was like, Morgana, dude, he's fucking 14. She's like, I don't care. He's a man yeah, to me. Yeah, just a number, baby. Fucking, yeah, age is, age is, what is age just, what is, what is the, the, fucking, what's the song? Age is just a number. Age is, age that, ain't nothing but I, a number, right? Yeah, yeah. that's it, yeah. They play, it's all that and R. Kelly playlists down there <laughs> for the mermaids all the time. Ooh, yeah. Um, Spicy, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so that rears its head once more, um, except Joey falls in love with Princess Crumhilda? Crumhilda. Oh. Crumhilda, heir to the Krispy Kreme fortune. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he falls in love with her just because someone told him a, ver a story verbally about her existence. And he falls he, in love with the idea of her. So in love. He had literally like the worst way to fall in love with somebody. He just hears a story about how beautiful and shy she is. About how she has beautiful hair. Uh, yeah. And that's enough. That's his fetish, and, I guess. And like, Maya, wow, she has hair? Oh, my God. And Maya and Henry have like an awkward, I don't know. They like kiss once or whatever. Anyway, he gets attacked by Candace and Ginger. So Candace is Felipe's. Uh, wife and she's in on the conspiracy and she kind of like blackmailed her friend ginger into helping and they just decide they're gonna take on the captain with just a knife like the captain who's armed with like a sword and like a side and dagger he's in armor he's supposed to be in armor somehow they they fucking stab him in the back and actually injure him but he ends up slitting candace's throat or ginger's candace's throat um, i think so yes and then ginger's like Oh, just crawl into the ocean. I can't help you. I need to run away. But the water and salt will definitely accelerate your bleed. Not accelerate your bleeding and intensify the pain. 
<laughs> like yeah, that'll help. Get the salt all in there. She specifically tells her to put her slashed throat in the ocean. I, I mean, won't won't the salt won't both water and salt like the water is going to accelerate the bleeding, and Are then the sure? Wait, salt on, is going Paris. to intensify the pain. Wasn't it like some other captain that wasn't Henry that got his throat cut too? No, because like he he got his horse to drag him around, right? Like because he was injured, he couldn't get up on the horse. He was so hurt. That's that's Henry. It's the same guy. Oh really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Jeez, I mixed up a couple captains in this book. Oh, it's it's easy to do. So yeah, so the captain's like, oh no, you know. So he kills uh, Candace. Ginger gets away. She just runs away, and the captain who was stabbed in the back is so injured that he's like, oh, I'll just tie myself to my horse and have my horse drag me. I was like, I don't know if your horse would That'll understand that it, I'll would, be fine. <laughs> it would need to walk very slowly. So I imagine this guy is just like keel hauling himself on land, basically, <laughs> on this horse. Um, Someone swims into a sword just like, somebody just like the wolf jumped into a sword in the first book or second book easy xp paris don't don't put it down where you can get it yeah there's some fight in the water and someone just swims directly into a sword just like in the last book um really makes those fight scenes easier to write let me tell you i have a note that says in all caps i smash you with big wooden log and i have no recollection of what that Someone is. Someone was big and using a big log to smash other people, I'm pretty sure. I just don't remember. It's not important, man. <laughs> just, uh, we have to keep I, think, I think we can wrap uh, this up in one episode if we just keep this clip yeah, up. Yeah, we're going to try. It'll still be long, but. Try real hard. Uh, Ginger actually eventually gets captured, put on trial, and they're like, oh, we're just going to use her as a witness for the prosecution because uh, she turned on everyone else. Um. Oh, yeah, I wonder where those dragons are. Oh, yeah, they're right here. Never mind. Yeah, someone's... I think it's Maya that's wondering where those dragons going to be, and then they literally just show up at that second. Like, everything else, very convenient. In this yeah, book. and so now we now we we switch from, okay, all the Maradonia shit is on hold while we move to Joey's story in Tyronia. Um, and they explain that Emoji, the head of the dragons, is the keeper of the four crystals... And all I could think of was emoji keeper of the four social medias. <laughs> Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat. <laughs> Within these crystals lays the essence of each social media. Twitter with its quippy, snappy remarks and quick insults. Facebook with all the pictures from grandma. Instagram <laughs> with all the models somehow making a living off showing all just pl- taking pictures of themselves. And Snapchat basically... People sending nudes to each other. I was going to say, the discount porn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, and so there's like, the, so they get there and they're like, yeah, Emoji has the magic crystals, but the magic crystals need to be recharged and no one knows how to recharge them. Um, and there's this weird emphasis in the book on how everyone in Tyronia, oh, it's so different and weird because everyone drinks green tea. Yeah, that's the whole culture, as far as I could tell. And coincidentally, I was drinking green tea when I read that for the first time and was like... Clearly, you're a Tyronian dragon person. I am. Um, And so they're discussing how everyone's drinking tea and, you know, um, is this when Maya uh, is there or is this just the Joey show right now? I think it's just the Joey show. It's mostly the Joey shit. There was like a brief moment. We cut to Maya for her and Captain Henry kissing a little bit. 
Oh, There's a whole right. romantic kissing scene for one chapter, and it made me very uncomfortable because it's explicit to say, hey, Maya's like maybe about to turn 16 soon, and Henry's age is not really brought up at all, and it seems like it's fine to everyone. Uh, yeah, I also was concerned because, once again, the illustration looked like Maya and Joey kissing, just like in the last <laughs> book, where I thought it was Maya and Joey kissing because all the characters look the fucking same. Um, so... No. <laughs> There's uh there's a scene when Joey gets to Tyronia and they're like, Yeah, the king really needs to talk to you about something. And they're having uh I guess a welcome dinner or an audience in the throne room. And it says that there is a giant purple canape in the throne room. <laughs> uh I don't know if you know what a canape is or if that's even how it's pronounced, but all I know is it's a fucking hors d'oeuvre. A canape is like a cracker with some shit on it. And yeah, it's, I so think that they were maybe this maybe this has something to do with the fact that I know what the Polish word for sandwich is, which is kanapka, which is sort of like maybe a cracker with cheese is like a small sandwich in another language. I don't know. But like but I think that the text the text was trying to say canopy. Yes. <laughs> like cuz they it, were they were like, "Oh, the big purple Canape was spread across. Uh, this giant canape was like spread over the throne, and I was like, all ah. the mayo and mustard at the same time, a nice turkey and brie on top. So, and it wasn't like it was just a. It wasn't as though it was as it wasn't as though it's it was canopy, and there was like one letter misspelled. It was canape spelled with the accents and everything. <laughs> so, like, I, there's... N I don't know, and I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but it's a fucking hors d'oeuvre. <laughs> so I just imagined a giant cracker, like, oh, like hovering over the throne, just... Every once in a while, it crumbles a little bit, get a little bit of salty cracker yeah. on your tongue. It's delicious. Uh, oh, you have a note that just in all caps says, Captain Henry, no, she's 16. <laughs> yeah, that was, I was very alarmed about that chapter that popped up um, here randomly. So, you know, so. You know, Joey goes to visit King Pergamon, king of the Tyronia, and King Pergamon's like, uh, I am dying. Um, Joey, you just murdered three people outside with your key to the underworld. I guess you can be king. Uh, yeah, because so the, yeah, the important, the big important reason that the dragon was like, no, you're fucking come with me to Tyronia, yeah, is that they just want to give Joey the kingdom of this land he's never been to before. They just hand it to him because the dragon saw him kill some conspirators or something, because he, there was a scene where Joey found out about some conspirators, and he zapped him away. Well, then, and then and the they're also like, oh, we heard about the encouragers, of course, you should be the king. What? He just gets handed nobility titles like a true white person yeah. <laughs> like a he true, just deserves it like a true he just white main character it. in any fantasy novel yep yeah. totally listen he, he just deserves it uh, he also because he can guess the magic ritual to rekindle the crystals of the social medias to get all the fucking fire back in there he just walks around them in a circle seven times no and then he, he zaps and, them with the the key to the underworld with the nuke like thing. i guess good guess that they wouldn't just shatter the crystals yeah, right i know and i also was thinking about that i was like why would the key to the underworld why would this like evil device be the thing that fixes the crystals and the dragon listen world? i know exactly i gotta pace around seven times exactly he paces around them a few times and he like Oh, that's not enough, clearly. I have to do a seventh time and then zap them. Yeah, because he was works. like, he was like, oh yeah, because there were seven bridges, right? He literally just guesses, <laughs> stumbles his way, 
you know, into into this. And uh, of course, then he's everyone... done nothing but fall ass backwards into power. I know. Um, and then they're like, oh, you know, we're going to have this ceremony. We're going to crown him king. And um, apparently in Tyronia, bowing or kneeling is not enough. Uh, when, when you're honoring a, a royalty or a better, you actually have to lay prone on the ground, just flat. <laughs> fully flat. Flat with Plank, your face then. in the fucking dirt. Um, <laughs> which That's is, how Joey wants it. No, that was a Tyronian tradition that they had to I know. hold. <laughs> Uh, and then, so, of course, immediately after Joey is crowned, like, the successor, the king dies. Just eat just shit, right like, there. hours He's later. Like, ah, I've decided <laughs> now is the time. Yeah. I've been holding this in for sent- for years and years and years. I've been holding in my death. Now I can finally <laughs> let it out like a wet fart. Yeah, my death fart. Uh. Um, so then, I don't know, some advisor guy is like, hey, hey, man, we gotta, you know, we gotta do the, the fire burial, which... I assume they just mean like they uh, they cremate people instead of burying them, but they call it a fire burial, which isn't really the right way to say that. But they're like, yeah, you know, you gotta we gotta give you these coins. You gotta you gotta use these for the for the, the cremation ceremony. And Joey's like, what do you mean? And the dude is like, oh well, you gotta use these coins to weigh his eyes down. And I was like, is he awake? You know, <laughs> is he alive when he's getting burned? A lie? I mean, like, is he when you a set a corpse on fire, the eyes attempt to leap out of the body and run away. <laughs> Unless there's a little bit of weight on them, like a coin thing, and then we're fine. You don't have to worry about eyeball monsters implanting themselves in your skull and taking over your body. That's a great theory. Um, and then they, there's this weird little aside where they imply that the spirit and the soul are di- two different things. Yes, which I don't understand. Oh my god! The soul oh, is your personality, Chris. and the spirit is your their energy you charge up to become Super Saiyan. That's how that no, works. No, but there's mind too. Mind, spirit, True. soul. Oh my god, Sean, whatever, fucking Dean Jean Pierre. Mind, yeah, spirit, soul, spirit, mind, body, soul. <laughs> he's trying to seduce <laughs> us through the pages of Maradonia. Um. Yeah, I don't Paris, know. Paris, um, can you uh, please? While we're here, Joey has a little bit of a meltdown, actually. Okay. I mean, you're the one with the book here, and you're the one that can read copy. Unfortunately. So see, see if you can find, like, the paragraph that Joey has about his... He can't stand all this change that's happening. It's a perfect little snippet about how dialogue works uh, in every conversation in this book. Let's see. Uh, all right. Fucking huge book. All right. <clears throat> Uh, did you did you want me to start at Joey was so emotionally touched or Joey is still crying said? Yeah, Joey is still crying said, please. Joey still crying said. Every time we have just built a strong emotional and family connection with somebody like King Astrodolus in Maradonia or, or with you, King Pergamon, we soon have to say goodbye. There is nothing permanent in the world. We walk from one change to another change. During this time of permanent changes, we are changed. <laughs> during these times so much change during these times i got stronger but softer it seems that my sister who was always more emotional than me became stronger but harder okay do you want me to continue no that's enough listen man you didn't form a deep bond with the king you just met like six hours died. ago <laughs> or 12 hours ago yeah 
Also, you're the king of a whole country now, which I guess is some, it's pretty stressful like to have that immediately thrust upon you. And he does kind of take it seriously a little bit, in a way, in the way that a 15-year-old boy can take that no, kind of thing No, he's still seriously. 14, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. He's still 14. Maya is older than him. Uh, and somebody's like, all right, suck it up. Kings don't cry, dude. You're a king <laughs> now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and as King Pergamon is dying, he's like, Oh no, I'm dying! Oh, the darkness is too dark! Ah! <laughs> it's like, did you think I there'd didn't be, expect it? Did you think like... there'd be a nightlight on your way to death? Like, I just <laughs> don't know what you mean by that. Too dark. Okay. Oh. Um, also, now, now we have this is the seat though, like the citywide party for Joey's again. crowning, and once again, people are screaming until midnight at all times. Hey, King Joey. Hey, until midnight, it says. And also children are crying about King Pergamon dying, but singing about King Joey being alive. So I just imagine a horrible atonal chorus, just very pitchy and wavery. Just, uh, like, king Joey is our king. Oh, we king have Pergamon. to listen to King Joey. <laughs> King Joey has a laser gun. <laughs> if you're a bad, he'll shoot you dead. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was bad. Um, but yeah, needless to say, it probably sounds as bad as all that, which was terrible. Yeah, big, big party happening and all the kids are crying and singing. Oh, the die. demon baby drawing. Yeah, that one's real this, good. Okay, oh. this is the one that like was hard to look. Listen, there's this baby that is naked and it's looking back at you. There's like a a weirdly detailed roll of belly fat on it as it's turning aside to you, which is, I can appreciate as someone that draws anatomy, but then the rest of the baby, uh, I'm not the one I'm the one drawing anatomy, someone that, her mom, Gloria's mom, who is illustrating this, should appreciate that a little bit. I appreciate the detail work there, but the rest of the baby is terrifying to look at, <laughs> the face especially. Yeah, it's it's like the torso is is pretty good, and then as it gets to the outer edges of the baby, so as we go up to the head and as we go out to the edges of the limbs, that's when, like, reality starts to blur. Like, things get really weird. Yep. Um, for example, uh, the the leg, uh, the thigh is, like, too thin and long, and the... Uh, <laughs> Dude, come on, give it to me, Pat. We have so much to get through here. What's that <laughs> Oh no, Maradonia has rendered me stupid. Oh my god, oh. the fucking, what is that part of your leg? Oh no. <laughs> We're gonna have to post this one up for sure now. <laughs> Just have that be the episode picture. The, for part that's, the part that's below your knee. What's... Calf. No, sure. Shin. <laughs> yeah, whatever, the lower your <laughs> Your lower leg. I don't know if that's what I was trying to Calf say. Calf or shin, Paris. The, the, <laughs> two front, the front and the back. That's it. So, oh, the lower leg. Um, it just kind of looks like a sock filled with meat. <laughs> All right. And then, and then the foot doesn't look like a foot. It looks like a hoof because all the toes have merged together. Oh, God. They, The head is the wrong size. It's just... It also has uh, like a very what looks like a photoshopped face on there. Yeah, it's very weird. Oh, anyway, God. moving on from the demon baby, he's that's King, uh, Prince Michael, the king, the son of King Janarius. Yes, um, and then 
King Joey is like, oh, man, I'm really stressed out about this whole King thing. You know, my sister's gone. You know, she usually helps me with stuff. I don't know. And, you know, Danny, if you remember Snake by Danny, you know, good old Danny's still around. <laughs> He's like, you know, Danny, Danny tried to cheer Joey up and said, you know, King Joey, it's pretty hot today. Don't, don't you think? I, I have a good idea. Let's go together to the pool, cool off, order some mango juice, eat something. You know, maybe get a little naked. Okay, I added the last part. But, like, <laughs> but that really sounds like he's working up to it that. It does sound like he's like, all right, he's stressed out. This is the time. You know, offer, offer, <laughs> can... offer the massage, put a little oh, rum in the mango, mango juice. juice. <laughs> Towels come off, a little bit of blowy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a king now, you know, like, gotta, gotta get right. in there while you can. You know, kings need their stress relief. Um, and then there's a point where they discover that the plot to murder. Oh, that's right. Now we're now we're like now we're on got... our fourth evil girl squad. The oh. nurses in charge of Prince Michael's care are in league with King Pluton to poison or murder the the baby. They were the, black. They were blackmailed into murdering King Janarius, the king of Maradonia, in, in this book. Or blackmailed into murdering his infant son. And they, like, know about the evil nurses, but for some reason they just continue to leave the baby with them? I was confused about that. Yeah, they, once again, they, this was a tarn cap thing, I'm pretty sure. Yep. And well, Janarius has a bit, but she's, he's talking to Maya about how he found some people that were supposedly part of the rebellion. He went into, like, a murderous rage and murdered a bunch of people, and he also lets on... Some of those people were definitely innocent people just caught in the crossfire of my murder rage. Wow, I'm so torn up about it. And Maya's like, don't worry about it. Yeah, Maya goes, no, it's fine. You you have to murder people. Like, that's what you have to do to keep the peace. And he's like, no, but I murdered innocents. And she's like, Got to do what you got to do. You know, I was really concerned about those bats in the cave, but just random innocent people in your city. Yeah, fuck yeah it's em. fine. Yeah. And what he and to be clear, what he did was he went to the two strongholds, the two cities like held by the resistance or whatever against the crown, because um, I guess they're I don't know, I guess their forces are getting larger. And he he snuck into like where they were having a meeting and just murdered like, I don't know. F I don't remember how many people, but it was a lot. It was like a couple dozen people. He did it yeah. in one location and then went to a secondary location and did the same thing. Yeah. He's torn up about it now, but Maya's always like, you gotta do king shit sometimes. You gotta flip out and murder a bunch of people in their strongholds. That's king shit to do, man. Yep, it's fine. Um, yeah. Which, again, like, would have been fine if he was maybe just murdering people who wanted to murder him, but he was pretty clear that he was like, I murdered, you know, all the people that were just around. It wasn't even the actual people plotting. I just did it. I didn't even care right there. Yeah. Uh, and then, actually, I will say, my next point, I'm actually happy about something in this book. I agree with this. So, like we were saying, uh, right at the end of the last book and throughout this book, they're trying to build up uh, love interest for Maya and Joey. And they've set up Maya to have a crush on King Henry and King Henry to have a crush on her. And, like, they kissed in a scene. And Joey is in love with the idea of Krumhilda, the heir to the Krispy Kreme throne or whatever. Um, and, Mor <laughs> and Morgana likes him, too, that mermaid. And he kind of likes Morgana. I don't know. Anyway. So then the next time Maya and Henry are alone together, he asks her to marry him. And I'm like, oh, of, co of course, they're going to have, you know, they're going to get married. But you know what? She says... 
No way! I'm only 16! This isn't happening! No, I reject your offer of marriage! And I was like, fuck yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) Good for you, Maya. You got a good head on those shoulders right there. I was so happy that they didn't get married. I was like, oh, thank God. Don't be 16 and pregnant with some military man's baby while he's off doing his, you know, campaigns and whatnot. Exactly. You're technically his boss, maybe, so. Right. That too. Uh, Oh, I have another illustration note, which reads, Oh, my sweet hellish Satan, what happened to these nurses? Because (laughs) the illustration of the nurses is troubling. Oh, (laughs) it's hard to describe. I will. Uh, I will. You know, I guess I can put up an article of the images, but I wonder if I'll get a a and d from... Gloria, but I think since since her dad died, she doesn't give a shit anymore, so it's probably fine. Probably not. Um, then the two nurses kill the baby, but just kidding, not really. We couldn't actually kill a baby in this book, so of course the baby gets fucking resurrected somehow. Listen, Maya's almost like George R. R. Martin, except in a shitty way where dogs and babies are the only p- things that die from her. Not true. People have heart attacks and shit, too, but she does not give a shit about dogs and babies. And she moves on from their deaths pretty quickly, except for the whole Prince Michael thing where Gloria attempts to resurrect him after he has been dead, like choked to death. By the way, the nurses shoved an apple down the baby's throat. That's how they did it. They shoved like a piece of an apple they, down the baby's no, throat. No, they didn't even do that. They they didn't even shove it. They were just like, baby wants a piece of apple? And they let him <laughs> eat it. And then he choked on it. And they were like, yeah, no one's going to know. It's just going to be an accident. And then they're like, ooh, we'll stuff this dragon toy in his mouth too. What? Like, I don't, how is that the plan? Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't. How is that the plan? And then Gloria, without knowing that this is the plan, so she has no idea that they're planning on doing this, she sees an apple stem sticking out of one of the nurse's pockets, and she's like, what's that? Is that a fucking apple? What do you do with an (laughs) apple? And I was like, why would she have any reason to be suspicious about a fucking apple if she doesn't know about their plan? Listen, the the only reason anyone would have an apple would be to do something dangerous and nefarious with it. Yeah, that, that made no sense. Um... Oh, yeah. And actually, I was surprised that Glo- uh, Gloria, I said Gloria, I meant Maya. They're the same. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. So the baby is choking. And of course, Maya gets in the room right in right in time to see it start to happen. And she actually does the right thing where she turns the baby over um, and whacks its back. And that's actually one of the things you're supposed to do. Um, that's like the first thing you're supposed to do if a small child is choking before you attempt CPR because usually kids are choking because there's something like stuck in their throat, you know? Yep. And it's easier to just... Because you can't do the Heimlich on a baby. So the baby Heimlich is that. You like you like turn them over on their stomach on like your leg and you fucking palm, like whack the back of their... Uh, like between their shoulder blades with your palm. And the book was asserting that that was like the nurses were like oh she made it worse by hitting him on the back she maya killed him and i was like no that's what you do if a baby is choking that's actually correct and then they end up saving him by basically doing that but on a dragon so it somehow was better sure you know it's like the scales on his back helped with it no the the velocity they were going really fast Oh, right, yeah, she did, like, a dive on the dragon. I, yeah, that for some reason, that helps. Even though he's, like, already been... He's choked and dead at this point. He's, like, blue. He's been, dude, he's been dead for... Like, the, doc, the doctor comes in and pronounces him dead, and he's been dead for... I want to say more than several minutes at this point. 
Yes, most definitely. And I'm pretty sure if your brain doesn't get oxygen for that long, you can't be brought back. There's going to be issues. But, I mean, Amugi, Emoji the Dragon, is on the scene trying to help with some dragon dives. and But but he still like takes the time to spill some dragon lore. He, this is the scene where he tells Maya, oh, I used to be the king of Tyrone and whatever. I spoke the dragonish language, of course, which is the language that dragons speak. Yes. And also my name used to be Rasbolnikov, which is just one letter change from Raskolnikov. The main character in Crime and Punishment by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Oh, what a weird reference. That's weird. I didn't. What a weird reference. I didn't pick up on that. That's very strange. Like I said, he just grabs at anything in pop culture or mythology that he can and just it's in there. I think this is also the scene where he makes reference to like previous wars in Tyrone. Like they were world wars. Also, I thought another one will be coming soon. In these times, I call it World War Three. Like, okay, this like, is just more evidence that Maradona is just fucking Florida. It's the same timeline. Yeah, yeah. they I, know about World War One and World War Two. So obviously, it's Florida. Maradona is Florida. <laughs> I'm telling you, we Florida- gotta Chris- Floridonia. Chris- Floridonia. <laughs> we gotta get a bunch of people together. We gotta storm the border. We gotta storm. <laughs> Fuck Area 51. At the edge of Disney that's keeping Floridonia from us. You know, we gotta we gotta get out to the keys, maybe get on a boat, you know. Oh my god, Chris. Is the Bermuda Triangle anywhere near there? Is that oh where god. this is? Hold is on. this oh my god. <laughs> Let me see something. Blowing the roof off of this. <laughs> I found it out. I gotta get David to company on the phone. <laughs> Call him. You have him on speed dial, right? Bermuda Triangle. Da, 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 Where da, da, is, please? <laughs> it's next to Bermuda, turns out. And yes, it's very close to Florida. It's extremely close to Florida. We figured it out. We figured it out. Terrible Book Club has cracked this case wide open. <laughs> this is oh. special X-Files unit. Terrible <laughs> Book Club. Ice-T and Fox Mulder are on the case. Oh my god forgot about that are you telling me there's a whole country behind a mountain range in florida yes i am uh, yes i'm that's right i'm telling you ice tea i'm fox Mulder, and i believe i, I can't do a Mulder impression i'm sorry yeah i also can't um <laughs> my Mulder impression is me going hi it's me i'm fox Mulder, fbi agent from the x-files yeah i can't impersonate dana scully's voice either or jillian anderson's voice Moving on, anyway. anyway. Uh, baby hanger is my next note. <laughs> I forgot what that was about. Anyway. Um, I do. Brenda. It's, uh, have you ever seen, like, um, one of those, uh, like, wraps that mothers wear uh, to yes. keep your baby? And, yeah, they call it a baby hanger. <laughs> okay. Book. Well, that that's kind of a weird, a weird way, way to phrase it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, can we just All right. speed so- run the rest of this? Yeah, listen, Maya flies off to another country entirely where there's three wise men, and their names are (laughs) names. (laughs) They got some names. Okay, so Paris, you made a joke about one of these names. I made a joke about three, all three of them. I have, there's one of these things that, like, I need to have a discussion with you about, so hit me with the names of these three masters and your (laughs) your parody names. All right, we got the fucking... (laughs) We got the triple threat of the Midnight Munchies. We got Domino's, Melted yeah. Cheese Dick, and Yoga yep. Banana. <laughs> Master Dominatio, Master Melchizedek, and Master Yogananda. Now, Paris, your joke about Master Melchizedek, Melted Cheese Dick. Okay, so in the video game series Persona, oh 
my you can god. Swap out all your serious? personas and they're usually inspired by all different kinds of mythology and shit. That's where this name comes from. One of the personas' name was was Melchizedek, and I too, in my head upon seeing this, like five years ago, was like, ha, melted cheese dick. <laughs> and I have had this joke in my head for five years. And I was looking for an opportunity to say it to because I can't bring this out randomly. Hey, check out this persona with a weird name. It's named Melty Cheese Dick. Fucking holy. You've stolen this from me. I stole it from your mind. We, well, what all that means is that we all, everyone has the same reaction to the name Melchizedek. It's Melty Cheese Dick. Or, or have we just been friends for so long that we True. are becoming uh, uh, Pris and Cheris. Oh, God. Oh, let's continue. We, I can't think about that too long. It's... Yeah, that's horrifying. Anyway, Maya flies to the, the melty cheese dick and yogurt banana and Domino's land. And they, they give her all this wisdom about being wise. And there's these inscriptions on the pillar on pillars that have long form Maradonia aphorisms on them. And the third one is just from the Bible. I feel like they're all just from the Bible. Like, no, specifically, no. the third one is most definitely from the Bible. The other ones are some of them might be, but some of them definitely are not. Um, yeah, there's, there's a, uh, let's see, I have, I'm just gonna speed run this. So there's a, a drawing of a dragon scepter and the drawing is terrible, <laughs> of course. And the, the icon on the scepter looks like a dragon drag queen, which like, if that doesn't exist already, one of y'all needs to get on that because a drag queen that is a drag, come on. Oh my God. I hope this exists. Yeah, um, I, I all really of a want sudden, we're using the Elder Futhark. That just makes an appearance, like the you know the old Germanic alphabet. Uh, oh, there's another evil sorcerer guy for like a hot second. It's just um, some evil sorcerer that's like on the because. Listen, the Masters used to be part of the ancient Dragon Kingdom. Amugi was, like, also their buddy. They also had this other buddy who was an evil sorcerer now who... His whole character is, like, I'm so good at fucking... I need to show everyone how fucking good at magic I am now. I'm going to show these fuckers how good at magic I am now. Just for That's no reason. Yeah, because yeah. they're like, hey, we gotta, we want to recruit this guy back into our fold, even though he's kind of a dick, because we need all of our powers combined because we are Captain Maradonia. I don't know. Um, yep. And I was, and so, yeah, so there's just this other evil sorcerer guy, like, side quest that happens. Uh, there's a note about cockroaches loving bread. Uh, there's an amazing line, uh, just, <laughs> just an amazing line out of context from Maradonia. What a joy it will be to take this booty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Um. Oh, there's another illustration that I describe as uh, Roman punk fusion corpse paint. Uh, <laughs> is this where? Is this like the guy with the mohawk or whatever? Yeah, yeah. And the weird... this is where fucking Maya's Maradonia combat section starts. Listen, after li- hearing all this shit from the wise men, they turn the evil sorcerer guy into a cockroach or something. I'm pretty sure that's why that note is there. Also, uh, this great sorcerer has never fucking heard of invisibility magic. Nope. Because he's foiled again by fucking invisible people listening in on his plotting. So, you know, just greatest sorcerer in the world. I'm so good at magic, but he's never heard of an invisibility spell. Ever. It doesn't even cross his mind at all. Nope. Anyway, Maya is on some... She has to go learn how to fight because she's going to be royalty and she needs to learn how to defend the kingdom of Maradonia. Even, uh, by the way, Prince Michael has been healed. He's been resurrected, and he's fine. And at some point in between here, bringing him to the wise men, they fucking revived him, and he's A-OK. So, But she feels it's time to go train, and there's these special warriors who are ghosts, 
who live on a beach and they've been waiting for centuries for someone to finally overtake them. They're going to trade Maya for 12 days and she has to fight them all at the end and defeat them, except she also defeats them during the 12 days sometimes and they're yep. satisfied. There's also randomly a page in here where it's like very specific about this was a black warrior right here, you guys. I want I really need to tell you guys. Oh, the, how dark the final this guy was. the final batch of warriors she has to fight are black guys, and it, the text wants to point that out because every every per, different person she's fought has looked slightly different from a different part of the world, and uh, they've fought in different styles. You know, you have like the guy with the net and the trident. Um, you have you know, broadsword user, you have somebody dual wielding, you know, you have all these different... Chris, this is Maradonia all the dark, Souls. All the, Maradonia all Souls. The yeah, this is exactly what this is. All the Maradonia Souls build that's happening right here. There's even fatalities in here, too. She's straight up beheading ghosts, I guess. Which, I, I mean, they're already dead, so what does it matter? Well, and the whole thing is, like, they're, these ghost dudes are there to help uh, tutor her, but also if she beats them in one-on-one combat or whatever, their souls get redeemed? I because don't they're warrior why. souls and they gotta have a really good one last fight. That's the, that's literally the logic. No, no, I think it was like they were murdered by bad guys in a, such a way where their souls were trapped there and in order to free them, they have to do this and she has to kill them. And What kind of fucking evil sorcerer is just like... <sighs> Making ghost fighting tournaments and then walking away forever? He's not even watching? No, I, I... It doesn't make any sense. Oh, and then fun fact, in the, you know, after that, we... The, after that, it's chapter 60. And chapter 60 is identical to the prologue at the beginning of the book. I, I had a deja vu moment when I was reading it and it just completely washed over me. I was like, I, this... I, come on, this is late in the book. I just... Thought I read this yesterday or something is what happened. You did. It's almost identical to the prologue. Um, I don't understand why they thought, oh, we have to repeat the prologue. I, you know, I don't know. This is where we come back to Big Bertha, right? So, oh uh, well, the prologue was just uh, Pluton plotting to kill Abaddon with the Titans, and that's oh right, yeah. He they just reiterate that they're yep. gonna do the whole Prometheus thing yep. on him. Yep, they literally just reproduce practically. They almost exactly reproduce the prologue as chapter sixty. Uh, then it's bird time again. We're back, back to the birds. And this time, if you want some more bird action, you're getting a lot of bird action this time because Big Bertha turns to BB and Doodoo, and she's like, "Hey." The other day, I saw a bunch of hawks over there. Let's go fuck them. <laughs> yep. So they fuck those hawks. Um, and they make a crossbreed entity of bird called... The Rockin'. Yes, the Rockin'. Uh, and the weird thing is that these Rockin's were already mentioned... I can't remember if it was earlier in the book or if it was the, it was at the last late, book. Late second, late second book. But yeah, so I'm like... Why are we hearing about their creation now if they already existed in the last book? You know, when you're away for a couple weeks in your in regular Florida, Maradonia is also in the past, but also two years in the future. Listen, I didn't think it through. Just keep reading. Uh, and, you know, so I'm imagining the Rockins as the, like, terrible... Uh, um uh mascot of Floridonia, so it's like 
Yep. <laughs> the Floridonia Rockins here to defend yeah. the title with their star <laughs> quarterback, Braun Brandon. <laughs> yeah. Braun Brandon, of- you see, is not a name I made up. It is from that's, the text. <laughs> yep, that's that's one of the Rockins. It's the name of Big Bertha's prized Rockin' son, Braun <laughs> Brandon. My beautiful, big, Braun Brandon son. <laughs> Just... This sounds like we are making this up, but we're not. It's in the nope. text. There's, uh, we're on the home stretch, though, luckily. Oh, we're almost there. We're almost there. We can do this. We're, we're, we're in the home stretch where King Jadaris decides to fucking kill himself. No. <laughs> well, they they talk about how the Ravens and Hawks have, have bred, and now there's an army of Rockins. But I was like, it's only like a dozen birds. They don't breed that quickly. There's gestation no, time. No, they were rocking it hard. Uh- <laughs> Uh, yeah, then Janarius kills himself because he doesn't he get the message. Michael's dead. Yeah, Maya yeah. doesn't get back in time because she's off doing fucking training. You don't think you should fly back immediately and be like, oh, it's cool. Your son is alive. Well, she Turns sent out. him a message via carrier pigeon, but they only sent it. They only sent one pigeon and that one pigeon was like captured and murdered. So he never got the message. Oh, right. Yeah. When you I'm send sorry. Well, but when you send out carrier pigeons, you're supposed to send out more than one with the expectation that one or two of them might get fucked up or not make it. So like whoever is in charge, whoever's the Birdmaster or whatever, you fucking suck. <laughs> I only had one. Uh, uh, then, holy fuck, Maya's face in the illustration on page 655. Yeah, you're definitely going to have to accompany the, oh, this. Oh, I don't know with. if you remember this this one. I Listen, I don't, so go ahead and hit uh, me with the robot. So, it's, it's supposed to be a side, or, yeah, sort of a side, or three quarters profile, I don't know. Of Maya as Queen of Maradonia because Daenerys offs himself and she gets crowned immediately as Queen of Maradonia. So, you know, I almost said Juan. Uh, so Joey, <laughs> Joey is King of Tyronia and now Maya is Queen of Maradonia. So, of course, they have this lovely alliance. Um, and there's a, a drawing of her, I guess, what's supposed to be during her coronation ceremony or just after it. And the, so the face, it, it's a small illustration. So the face is very tiny. Oh, oh God! I can hear you like pulling your eyes down across the page and taking it in. I mean, it doesn't look like a human face. Is is all? Uh, I'll have to zoom in on it um, and put it up on Instagram or on the website. But she's got this huge forehead. Her eye is set incorrectly her jaw is is she actually so like i said it's not really human looking she has this long neck and her face is kind of jutting outward so it's almost like she's turning into an alien you know from from the alien aliens predator movies like it like that's slowly happening to her face and we somehow captured it like mid transformation that's yeah yeah yikes yeah it's great um, she has a crowning ceremony for this, by the way, but it's completely different from what happened for King Janarius's crowning ceremony. And there's also like an after crowning snack. It's mentioned <laughs> that there's snacks outside for everybody. Yep. Yeah, no. The post- All those crackers, I guess. Yeah. Well, no, I'm sorry. That's in, that's in Tyronia. It's, oh, it's their base. throne room that has crackers. Oh, yeah. And then on page 660, uh, Maya's like, oh, you know, it's really just so terrible that Janarius went through all this bullshit and he had no one to stay by his side and help him. You know, it's like, it's so terrible that... He had to go through all these tragedies and just have no one to guide him. It's really too bad because we fucking abandoned him to go back to Florida and then to another <laughs> kingdom entirely. 
Like we had to go back to Florida for a bit to get my hand stomped, and so Joey could be an asshole poltergeist. And then they went to Tyronia, and it's like, dude, fucking, yeah, it's really too bad he killed himself. Really too bad. Yeah, <laughs> maybe there, nothing could have been done. No, maybe. nope. Uh, also, this is like Maya's like, because she's queen now. She has to go. She's also pissed off and has to go do the kingly shit or the royalty shit. And murder a bunch of people that are in on the conspiracy because she's had enough and she just decides to cleanse things because I think the frog told her, hey, if you don't immediately cleanse this thing, Maradona is going to have a long time. So there's one sentence where it's like, and then Maya murdered 40 people by beheading them. Really? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. By the way, Maya, Maya had those two weeks of ghost training and it was really hard training. So she's now so strong that she can just behead dudes in a single swing. This yes, tiny, no frail 16-year-old that weighs maybe 100 pounds soaking wet. Yeah, definitely. Um, <sighs> Joey is super in love with Queen Krispy Kreme or whatever. Yeah, uh, and he's so all about it. He's so about it. Oh, my God. Queen Krimhilda. Queen Krimhilda. Queen Krimhilda. And they're, hey, you totally forgot about Morgana the mermaid. But hey, the mermaid people are back. Oh, oh and then, well, Queen Brunhilda is Krimhilda's, or princess. Sorry, they're princesses right now. So Princess Brunhilda is Princess Krimhilda's sister, and they make a big deal out of out of. Oops, sorry, just, just like punch the boom. Sorry, uh, and they make a big deal out of like, oh well, Brunhilda's like huge and manly, and no one likes her, and she misinterprets like Joey looking at Krimhilda as looking at her, and uh, Brunhilda falls in love with Joey, and then the the section ends with just the, the sentence, "It was a love triangle," and I was like, I don't think that's. No. Real tenuous. Real um, real tenuous. And then, you know, but that gets resolved really quickly because uh Princess Brunhilda just takes this dude as her boyfriend and husband and forces him to marry her a little later in yeah, the book. This dude named Balthazar is just like Poor Balthazar. He, he doesn't get a choice at all. He's just like literally like headlocked into a marriage with this <laughs> with this lady. And he's like, Yeah, I guess that's it for me. They, she got me. <laughs> Yep, and Joey falls in love with Krimhilda after spending, you know, a few hours with her or whatever. Uh, yeah, and then... He finally saw that beautiful hair on her head. Yep, and oh, oh, and by the way, Princess Krimhilda's beautiful hair, uh, it's known across the land, and it is called her Goldie Cape. Her Goldie Cape. That's really cape. stupid. That's really yep. stupid. Yep. One of many really stupid things. Um... Yeah, and so like Chris pointed out, oh, Joey's old flame Morgana has shown up. You know, the adult mermaid who wanted to fucking marry this 14-year-old human? Yeah, she shows up. Um, and she's like, hey, man, like, I know you got some stuff going on, but like, you should you should come with me because I know where the gold of Ophir is. And he's like, oh, shit, dude, really? Yeah, remember that whole other plot in this book? A mermaid just shows up to hand him the answer. Yep, and so she's like, yeah, here it is. It's in this, oh, I found it in this weird uh, underwater crater, and then I moved it all here, you know, because it's so much easier to move things underwater. And I was like, isn't it harder to move things underwater? Or am I, is that another thing where I'm no, wrong? technically things are more weightless underwater. Because, because it's easier to, that's why fat cats exercise in water. Oh, fat cats. I love them. <laughs> That's why they're in water. It's easier to move their fat cat paws. Oh, I love that video of the cat on the treadmill with music to it. The yes. cat on the underwater treadmill. If, if no one's seen this video, go to YouTube. Do yourself a favor. Cleanse your mind and watch the video of the cat, the obese cat doing underwater treadmill exercise. And it's set to music and it's just really pleasant. 
Anyway. Really nice. Um, Speaking of water, there's a brief aside to King Apollyon hanging out in his castle or whatever. And this is literally just a throwaway part where he's like, oh, man, I think it's because he hears about them fucking around with the Gold of Ophir again. Or he has some plot about it, even though he's really not that involved in it or whatever. And he makes a mention of how water is the most hated element of the king of the underworld and his sons. So if water is the element you hate, why do you have a water park in the middle of your castle full of mermaids and water if you hate it so much? He why? W- he wants to control it, Chris. <laughs> I did. He has it's to control stupid. it. Um, yeah, and so the mermaid is like, so Morgana is like, yeah, Joey, I got the gold of Ophir tied over here. I moved it all to this very convenient location. You know, and she she brings one of those um, uh, magical breathing shells with her um, so he could come with her. And then she brings, so she brings him to this location and steals the breathing shell back from him and is like, I've trapped you here. Now you can be my husband forever. And he's like, wait, what? I thought this was about the gold. And she's like, <laughs> <Wait>. nope. <laughs> nope. Uh-uh. So now he's like, oh, I'm sitting on the, the most wealth, concentrated wealth in the world, and I can't even escape. I have all the gold in the world, and it's never going to make me happy. And I was like, wow, that's a really literal way to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really painting Jesus. that metaphor on thick with um, an extremely literal way to think. Yeah. And so I thought that he was in an underwater cavern... Because you, you know how you can like get you have to get to them by going underwater, but then there's a pocket of air in the cat. You know, there's air in the cavern. Yeah, that, there's maybe yes. like a a small. There's somehow air getting from the surface, so you can be under there. But he would be trapped because she took his um like breathing seashell. But no, turns out he's just like there is sky above him. It's visible. He, he they spot him. Turns out <sighs> Maya flies over with Emoji the dragon. They just spot him later on. Because, like, it, it's just solved immediately. That's well, every yeah. problem. So in- for, yeah, so for, like, a little while, Morgana feeds, force-feeds him this fruit that turns him slowly into a merman, but she has to feed it to him on so many nights. I don't know. It's like a shitty reverse little mermaid plot, basically, where someone is being turned into a mer person against their will. Um, and, but, like... Instead of just sitting there and eating the food that she brings him once a day, why doesn't he just stack the crates and escape if it's too sheer to climb? You have innumerable crates at your disposal. (laughs) Build a fucking set of stairs. You have the tools. Jesus, Joey. And so he... I'd rather sit on my golden cry. Nope. Just going to sit on the golden cry and slowly... Wait, kings can't cry. Fuck. We slowly turn into a merman and be forced into this weird mer-marriage... But yeah, then, as Chris said, it gets solved pretty quickly. Like, it's only a couple of chapters, and then, you know, Maya just knows, like, oh, I don't know, I guess he disappeared with a mermaid. I'll go fly over to the mermaids of the dragon, and then as we're leaving, oh, we see him in this crater, we rescue him. He's still a mermaid, but they got him just in time to prevent the permanent murmuring, I suppose. <laughs> yep, yep, mermaning. Um, the, and- there's some mention about the, the rockins being around, and somehow they're faster than dragons and extremely vicious. So vicious that they try to eat their mothers when they're born, which makes no sense. Ugh. <laughs> we're almost in the home stretch I, I here. Think we, I think Maya, we did it. Wait, no. Ma- we're, yeah, we're good. Maya goes to rout the rest of the rebellion because she just knew it was General Felipe most of the time anyway, but she just continued to let him operate for a bit. So she's beheading people left and right, takes some other people prisoner. There's this trial against... It's, it's a token trial. The only thing notable about it is that Jenner Felipe decides to call Maya a slut. Just dropping that in there. 
Uh, was it Maya? No, he called Ginger a slut. Not Maya. Oh, yeah, it was Ginger. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, you know. Um, and then, you know, they decide to kill most of the people that were part of the resistance. Uh, and there's a guy who's like, you know, I know. Barnabas, I think. Yeah. Bar- the tradition in this land is that it, uh, everyone who is sentenced to death gets a wish. And I was like, that's weird. Like, not not last words, but a last wish. Seems like a, a strange meal. tradition. Yeah, not a meal, not words, but a wish. And, you know, it's it's the typical, like, well, you can't wish for your own freedom or the freedom of anyone else, but sure. And he's like, okay, my wish is that when you cut my head off, if I keep running after you cut my head off, everyone I run by will be free. And they're like, yeah, sure, that's not going to happen. And sure enough, they behead him and he runs by nine people and they have to set those nine people free. Why is this in the book? I have no idea. It's not like Maya's... I, I think it's supposed to be a way that Maya shows mercy by following some rules, so she's not completely bloodthirsty, but I don't believe it. <sighs> All right, and we're to our final note. Chris, you want to just take us, take us home? Take us home. King Joey comes back over to Maradonia to tell Maya about all the stuff happening in Tyrone and how they're going to have this alliance and everything. And he's like, you know, Maya, we're stepping into a new era here where we're royalty, and we got to work hard because freedom ain't free. The end. It literally, it literally ends, ends with freedom isn't free in giant font, all caps. It's a nice wet patriotic fart to end this whole farce. <sighs> we did it. It's over. We're done. I, I, I'm sweating with having no AC on and the effort of pouring through these notes. We did it for uh, you. It's been three yeah. hours. Oh my god! No, it hasn't been three. Oh, it's oh my god! It's been over two hours. All right, we'll try to wrap this up then. All right, you asked. We fucking did it, Dari. It felt I hope, like three to me. I'm sorry. I, I hope I, you... I, daylight savings. I time warped a little bit. Oh, well, it's because you're wavering between Florida and Maradonia and the land of Floridonia. Yeah, well, so, <laughs> Jesus. Well, I hope this was enjoyable, Dari, for your 2019 choice. Um, thank you to all of our patrons. That includes Dari, Greg, Will, Veronica, D, Jared, Lynn, Sina, Jakob, Torben, aka Duck King, Bobby Black Cat, Ayame, and Jensina. Thank you all. Uh, thank, if you, thank, thank you. If you too want to help support the show, you can have a, head over ugh, head over to our Patreon um, and join us at the five dollar a month level or higher. You can access exclusive content like special video segments that we do and um, a bunch of basically mystery science theater 3000 tracks but it's me and chris instead of the mystery science folks where we watch movies or tv shows that are related to books on the podcast although uh like we do sometimes stray into other things like right now we're doing um the oa the netflix series and pretty soon when it's out we're gonna do the art of racing in the rain the movie (laughs) oh oh good (laughs) yeah because we once we once read that book long ago in the first season and it's one of our lost lost episodes episodes, so we can bring it back kind of kind of bring it back um so yeah and if um you know if if becoming a patron is not feasible uh for you you can always help us generate income passively so if you download the radio public app and listen to the show on that app you know rather than using itunes or podbean or stitcher or whatever have whatever else um if you use the radio public app we get two cents for every play and an extra dollar bonus if you listen to three episodes in a row. So um, if you can't give us money directly, you can give us money indirectly in that way. Um, I don't know if we have any other announcements. Nope. Oh. We've come to the end of our 
the, the month of Maradonia for this for at least our regular podcast listeners. Yeah, that's true. We we are preparing some special Maradonia content, which will probably already be up by the time this is recorded. Um, I you know I was going to talk about some life stuff, but this is too long. So fuck yeah, it, you're gonna no, have to wait till next time. On. Yeah, we gotta go. Yeah. I gotta I gotta leave before I get pulled in. All right to the Maradonia Paris. Triangle. Paris, it's been it's been a trip. We're gonna come back eventually, but for now, let's say goodbye to Marifloridonia. <laughs> Goodbye, Paris and Maradonia. Oh, good, goodbye. Goodbye, Chris. <laughs> <laughs>